That's the button I hit. Mo. That's yeah. That's how we stop the Mo. the melt the the nuclear meltdown, right? You hit Mo. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the image of um, when Homer gets jealous of Mo, and then all he hears is Mo, 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 going outside hey, to mow the lawns. <laughs> Why don't we go and mow the Mo? <laughs> yeah, I'm going outside to stalk Lenny and Carl. Don't. Um, <laughs> Anyway, hello, you are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Chase. You are forgiven for you know thinking you were mistaken and you've tuned in for some crap uh, from somebody else, but no, you've tuned in for crap from us. Yeah. We are a Geelong-based podcast where we play some games badly and then talk shit about them. Or and that's what we, we do. We play some games badly and then talk about 90 Simpsons episodes, one of the two. Ooh, let's, let's do that. I could do that. That's honestly, there is a lot of information that has been pushed out of my brain by 90 Simpsons episodes. Space Coyote. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> we should totally form a band and just write songs based on, anyway. I'm pretty sure it's been done. Oh, everything's been done, generally Fallout, by the Simpsons. Fallout Boy? No. Um, <laughs> let's, let's not form that band. Uh, so it's been a little while. We've been trying to get together... Uh, with absolutely no effort, so it hasn't worked. Uh, but since we recorded, what have you been up to, Chase? Um, stuff. I f- like, Yay! I'm, I'm I gonna, like stuff. I'm going to say stuff. I feel like there was stuff. I, like, I'm looking at the, the notes I have in front of me, and, and most of it, again, just is on purchased. Uh, <laughs> that's stuff. I mean, that, that's definitely doing stuff. Um, so what what has happened? Any mini mini mo? Well, all right. Let's let's talk about the watching things because that's a relatively short list. I have been binging Titans pretty hard. Well, as mm-hmm. much as I can to get up to speed. Um, so I've gone through the first ten episodes of Titans. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts so far? I look. I I, I rate it. It's good. I would happily keep watching it. I am I'm still waiting. Like, I think I I kind of think early on we kind of saw what was happening and, and where this was going, and it wasn't yep. really hard to pick the kind of major kind of who was who was doing what. Um, I'm very confused by the Batman thing. Yeah, the Batman thing was very out of character, I thought. They're, so, they're making there's, there's it been a few really flawed. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he is a flawed character ultimately, but that they're really pumping that. Um, I don't know, the whole um, Donna Troy Hawk arc was surprising. I mean... It was a bit different, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, it's no surprise that, that Donna Troy is there, no. but 
Yeah, no, that was it was a bit of a surprising episode. Um, I do like what they've done with Tim Drake. I really appreciate um, that because, I mean, if you if anybody knows their DC history, Tim Drake was the second, third Robin, third yes. Robin after Jason, uh, before Damien, and he becomes Red Robin and leads the Titans eventually. Uh, but seeing him and seeing him. Uh, as a black man, was really cool. Yep. Uh, so I like what they're doing with that. There's a couple of things. Like I'm one episode ahead of you, and we've got uh, we just found out 13 episodes in the season. I've watched episode 11 today. I'm kind of like it started off really strong. First three episodes were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm still the whole. Jason Todd thing is kind of weirding me out a bit because he seems conflicted, but then not, but then conflicted, but then not. And like, just, and just a little bit emo sometimes. Yeah. I just, I was hoping for more of a badass. Yes. Basically the, the moral of the story there. And I understand that they're trying to give him some motivation and some reason and some stuff, but I just expected some more just badassery. Um, because yeah. Red Hood is a definitive member of the Bat family. You know, yes. After he got over his whole killing gangsters and you know as many supervillains as he could get his hands on, he still like uses a lot more force than anybody else in the Bat family. But he is sort of he's there, but always on the outskirts because of his his uh, methods and his ways. Yeah. But I think in the show they're trying too much to give Jason a sort of redemption arc, which I don't think for me isn't quite working. No, they're really pushing the family thing. Um, They're really, you know, there's been very overt commentary around, you know, that's, that's family will always forgive you and blah, blah, blah. And the whole kind of semi conflicted state between beast boy and the others, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I also feel like the the piece I'm struggling with is they've clearly tried to make him out to be the villain this episode or this series um, or one of them. Um, I, I actually wanted him just to go on a full on rampage and just kill a bunch of bad guys, but he yep. hasn't. And like, no. that, I almost expected it to be a, he does that and then that's what the Titans have to stop. And that's how they kind of, and, and that would be a kind of more traditional, I think. Yes, I agree. But none of that has happened. And he's just, I don't know, he's, they're just showing him as petulant. They're Mm -hmm. just showing him as manipulated. They're just, they're not really giving him the the legs the character really deserves, I don't think. Um, They're they're tying him in, like, the the actor and the and the writers did a great job with Jason Todd in the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. He was spot on. He was arrogant. He was, you know, up himself. Um, it kind of feels like Red Hood is has kept all of those traits, mm-hmm. whereas realistically, realistically, uh, in the comics, you know, uh, he's. Driven and strong, but he's overcome that, and he's he's become more of more of a I don't want to say more of a person, more more strong definitely, and more sure of himself. 
Yeah, I mean, the, whereas the, this Jason is not sure of himself. No, he's he's the same Jason Todd, if not a more broken version of Jason Todd than we saw previously. Yeah, and I'm expecting that there's some kind of resolution at the end. Any kind of you know, this is kind of the transformation series for him. I'm hoping, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just expected more badassery from him. I'm actually surprised the way they brought him back. I always thought that they would be another. I, I was expecting something else. I didn't think they'd lean into the full comic piece for that yep. so much. Um, and I'm trying not to give away too much for anyone who hasn't watched. So look, it's absolutely one of those things that I can see from, I mean, as I said, I'm in episode 10 of a 13 episode series. They're clearly gearing up for a finale. They're, they're, they're really kind of trying to, to line all the ducks up to have something cool happen at the end. I kind of feel like that's the the sense I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely would be a series I'd keep watching, but it, it kind of hasn't continued to grab me the first way that the first few did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can't come back from like that image at the end of episode one with Joker beating Jason with oh, a crowbar. Glorious. And I, I understand that it's very difficult to keep that level throughout the whole series, but it's, it's, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still watching it. Um, it just, it could have been a bit better. Yep. Agreed. I really did enjoy things like the Barbara Gordon kind of backstory mm-hmm. pieces that they've thrown in there. That's been fun. Um, yeah, watching her conflicted is really interesting. Yeah, she she's a good character. I think she's written well. Yeah. Um, not written well and, and played well. I, I've actually enjoyed most of the... Most of the kind of Gotham PD, even those bit parts that they've inserted have really suited. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed most of that kind of scene, but yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting little, as I said, I'll keep watching quite happily, but I think there was some opportunities lost. Agreed. But to be honest, that's about the only thing, um, unless we want to count, you know, things like the, the new Netflix, my little pony movie, um, are you counting it? Well, I wasn't, but um, <laughs> that's about the only other thing I've watched at least three times since it was released a week ago. Um, not by choice. Late at but night, anyway. the wife's choice. I wait till she's gone to bed and just <laughs> sneak out. Um, yeah, so that's that's about all the TV. I always I tagged ever. you as a brony. No, this is a conversation we don't need to, you know, we'll leave this alone. Um, I will make a really quick call out though for one of the local guys who never finished this project and I I resent him for it. Um, Adam Smith, one of the local guys started making a Space Marine My Little Pony chapter. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, you told Um, me about that. And I was really disappointed because he was hand sculpting. Basically, he had the actual like little My Little Pony critters that fit on a base um and he was hand sculpting space marine armor on all of them and it was the best thing in the world and he is actually an incredible sculptor and he did like one and a bit and started doing little bits and then got bored and did eight thousand other projects as we all do um but yeah the the my little pony marines i feel like would have been one of those rage inducing 
things at a 40k tournament that I'm really disappointed never actually played out, <laughs> played out. Um, if you are listening at them, just get back to that one. Just do it. Just get back on that horse, literally or pony as the case may be. Yeah. Get back on. Um, so look, that's about all the watching. Um, purchase wise, I went a little bit silly. Um, and I just ordered a little, just a little, just a, no, I didn't go, I didn't go full silly. Never go full silly. Um, no, I bought some more paint. That's important. Um, so I ordered a bunch more of the scale 75 artist paints. So they came in the other day. That was glorious. I picked those up. Um, I ordered some more contrast paint because apparently that's what I do now. Every time I order something, I just tag <laughs> on a couple of contrast paints. Uh, I did go to notification yesterday, today, that Crystal and Lockjaw had shown up. Excellent. And was waiting my collection, which is glorious. Um, I would say disappointingly, but that's probably not the right term. But Rich now has at Throw the Dice Crisis Protocol in stock on shelf. Yes. Just waiting for me to to collect at I, will. I, I did get the message probably the same time as you just saying, hey, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are here. I'm like, cool. I might pick those up tomorrow night. Ooh, times he shut tomorrow night. Early. He's shut from six for a private function, but pickups are still a thing. Okay, that's apparently. that's an option. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, so Chris and the Lockjaw are there, um, but he has some other stuff on the shelf that I would like, and that's a problem. Um, I because I bought more scale seventy five artist tubes, I've run out of space on my paint rack, so I had to buy another paint rack. So that happened. And now that has more space than I have paint. So now I need to buy more paint. And I feel like I'm in a vicious cycle. I know you're feeling now because um, like your back to basics order came in as well. That was my next comment. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I got you to get me one and I put it together and I stuck it in place. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. I got a little purple one. It looks funky as i'm really happy with it filled that one up but now one of my other ones is pretty much empty so i've got like six paints in it at the moment and spots for seven ten twelve more so i'm trying to resist yeah no maybe i should reorganize better and then just have everything organized then i know exactly how many spots i've got but um yeah. That's a job for another time. That's a future me's problem, but yeah, no, exactly. I've got I've got you know, a, a few slots at least. I've got more than a dozen spaces left in this taint rack now and it looks very bare and I don't like it. So I don't like it. I will have to do something about that. Um I did actually so the back to basics order came in. Um so I had to buy I had to. It was mandatory. Um, I had to buy some racks to fit all of the contrast paints that I had been purchasing recently. Um, and basically everything that wasn't a dropper bottle that I had laying around that was kind of just in a mess across the desk. Um, so the good news was, is I had an old kind of miniature scenery paint rack with very similar kind of Citadel pot style holes in it, but 
they weren't full circles. They had like a little gap at the front, which means all of my like Chimera paints and everything actually fit in that really well. So they all got migrated to that one. And I had to buy more, more of these back to basics racks because they are legitimately my favorite paint racks. I didn't know I could have a favorite paint rack, but they, I do. Um, and Me these too. are, them. um, so that order came in. It turns out I can actually fit more on this desk that I measured completely wrong, um, which is all kinds of exciting. Um, but that's basically, yeah, that's full nearly. And I have more paint coming from Rich at some point as soon as he can actually get Griffhound Orange and a couple of others that I have been waiting on. Um, so I got those assembled, which is super fun and super easy, except that, I've got another, so I've got these wall climber ones that sit on the back and they basically just have all my dropper bottles in them. And I've got six of those suckers. So there's two, you know, stacked three high. Um, And so I did another one and I went to throw it on the top of the, one of the stacks and it was very wobbly. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I realized that I'd, whenever I'd got around to assembling them way back in the day, done a very bad job at it. Um, and like the magnets were wrong and cause they very cleverly throw in magnets with all of these. Um, so when you buy more than one, they're like, well, if you want to stack them and you don't want your paint to go everywhere, um, they give you a few rare earth magnets, the same as the ones you get on the, the, um, GW racks on the side, but you get four of them. So when you stack them, they magnetize together and they're really strong. Um, but I'd done those all wrong and they wouldn't stay. So I basically had to disassemble, dismantle like two or three old ones that I'd had. So they didn't fall apart. And I wondered why I had a stack of magnets laying around. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we got there. So now I have a shit ton more paint racks and I need to buy more paint. Um, That's important. And then oh, other things I got that were super exciting for me, but no really one else. Um, more paintbrushes because that's important. No, I needed some for specifically for oils. I just needed a handful of really cheap ones I could use for blending oil paints and stuff because I don't want to ruin perfectly good sable brushes on paint that will destroy them invariably. Um, so that was you know, a couple of really cheap five packs from bloody Spotlight or one of those happy days. Um, and, but, and I'm still yet to pick them up, but they're, they're ready for me to pick up whenever I get around to it. Um, I've been in this whole undercoat dilemma when I can't be bothered with the airbrush often, like I'm lazy. We know this and just undercoating. If I want a flat coat on everything, I might as well just get a spray can and just hit it and and make my problems go away very quickly and easily with zero preparation, like two minutes of shaking a can and we're happy days. Um, but I really dislike the price of Games Workshop cans. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I've been using the, the Rust-Oleum brand from Bunnings for the last however long with perfectly fine um, kind of your results, but... The spray is a bit coarse. It's a little bit intense. Like the the, the flow on them is pretty hard. Um, you, you've got to be pretty 
a little bit careful and a little bit, you know, you know, shy on the trigger. Otherwise you just spray the shit out of everything. Um, and I've got some really small models to do. Mm-hmm. So I've been going right. Like I should break out the airbrush, but when I can't be bothered, what am I going to use? Um, and I've been looking at the Vallejo ones and the AK ones and everything like this. And I stumbled across a video that was like, Hey, you know, like all those graffiti artists that use like artist grade paint, but in a spray can, you can buy them and it turns out they're cheaper and better. So I'm like, right, let's give these a red hot go. So, um, yeah, I having this conversation the other day and, um, our good friend Alice just goes, oh, well, I work next door to art shop. Why don't I just nip in and grab you some? So this is the best. I have new new sprays that I've been hanging out to try for a while that I just need to pick up. Um, so I'm super excited to, to just test these and see what they're like, at, you know, as a primer, as an undercoat, as a whatever else. Um, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to to do cool stuff. And I feel like... Often miniature painters don't use artist tools and, and, you know, products because there's miniature specific ones. And even the guy in the art store was like, oh, I wouldn't use these on miniatures. Like it's bloody paint. Like what the hell do you think we spray on them normally? Um, so, and what you're actually getting is generally better quality paint in better quality cans with better quality caps and more control over the flow. Stop it. Um, please stop giving advice. You're clearly unqualified to give is, is my response to all of this. Um, because it's basically the same product. I mean, we can argue the, the primer versus paint thing. And I get that completely, but also I don't really need an etch primer for anything here. And let's not pretend that Games Workshop or Army Painter or Vallejo's are etch primers. They are not. So stop it. And I'm excited is the moral of the story. Um, That is all of the purchases. And then I actually did some stuff. So I've assembled a bunch more Marvel Crisis Protocol. I picked up my Wasp from Jared, which he's had for a while because we just split an order and I never got – he got Ant-Man, I got Wasp. so, yeah, I saw a picture of this. Yes. Like, is, and I was curious, wasp's wings, yes. are they something else? Yeah, well, they're like a transparent, like you get um, when you get vehicles and stuff, you get like the transparent canopies. Mm-hmm. It's basically. So it's like that. Okay. Yeah, it's like that. Um, I, I generally. I trust myself to put them on before painting. Oh, um, they're not staying transparent. They're getting oh, painted. Okay. So, right, yeah. Otherwise, I would have left them off and then, yeah, but no, they'll just get painted. Um, so she's now done along with her teeny tiny version, which is the best. I, I love the fact that they have a teeny tiny version yes. the, and they, they transform um, as well as, and I can't remember where I got to in the last update, but Angela and Enchantress are both now assembled um, and balancing precariously on ribbons in the case of Angela. <laughs> but, you know. That's happy days. I really still appreciate the fact that Atomic Mass put extra parts in for the ones that you invariably lose because I did lose the side of Wasp's helmet. Okay. One of yep. them at least. 
but they send they give you extras because they know you're going to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I've got a couple of extra like you know side bits for Ultron, and you get different couple of different heads in some of them. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes they give you options, even better, um, and sometimes they just go, "Oh no, you will lose this. We'll give you four. Um, which is also amazing. I'm so on board. Uh, so you look, they're all assembled. That was good. And then I've been working on my guilt fellowship, um, who are so close to done. I can smell the end. It's the best. Um, how close now? So I need to do the metals on the hobbits, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit of cleanup just around the traps and then bases. So, so they're never getting done. Is okay, what, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, Just wanted no. to confirm. You know, yeah. we don't want to set any precedents. No, that you can't uphold for the next commission that you're doing. Well, yeah, which is also why I needed undercoat spray because there's a lot of them, and I was not airbrushing all of those. Um, yeah, so I've been playing with contrast lots to get these guys done. Actually. Re- I hate the models. I really enjoyed playing with contrast. So that was basically the the payoff. I feel like that was that was the win. Um, so yeah, very close to finish with this. And it was nine models. I don't know how long I've spent on them, but it feels like too long. Um, but really close. As I said, it's just the the metallic stuff for all of the hobbits. The rest of them is done. And then I've got to go doing bases for everybody. And I've been putting that off to last, just so I do them all at once and. I can do nine little Mm. victory laps and call it done. Yes, do them all at once. After hell freezes over, yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no, that's that's basically been my last however long of hobby. That's fair enough, right? Very good. Still, still an effort. Plus, you're you're that much closer to finishing the, the Lord of the Rings guys. Which I just need them done. I need them out of my life. I'm so excited by the fact that I know I'm not going to have them any longer. <laughs> not even going to be in your possession. No, which is better because I don't want to look at them. Um, Random drive by after they're done. I'm just going to throw them out, them the, out window. the window. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um. Like I've got a lot of things written down for the last couple of weeks, and I don't feel like I've been that productive. So I don't know. For for me, uh, I'll go through Xbox first because that's nice and short. Um, I did pick up Necromunda. I don't mm-hmm. know if I mentioned this last episode or not. I don't no. know. Yeah. So I did find it on sale on Xbox Live as you know a xbox live gold member gold map no um for like eight bucks nine bucks it was less than 10 easy so i did pick it up and i played through the tutorial level and i felt okay you know it's it's kind of like mordheim it'll get take a little bit to get used to the controls and the the timing and all the rest of it but i feel like it could be decent so i haven't gone back (laughs) I don't know why, I just haven't. Um, but Xbox Live give you, if you're a gold member, uh, every month they give you two free games. And the start of this month was a game called Aero. A-E-E-R-O. Mm-hmm. Which 
I thought, okay, well, I usually download all of these because once you download them, you can delete them off your hard drive and then download them six months later when you feel like playing them and they're still free. Uh, so I downloaded this one and I gave it a go. And it's basically, it's like a drum and bass rhythm game. Mm-hmm. And you're this little uh, little spaceship flying around and then you've got to keep on the track in time with the music and also shoot things that are coming at you. And it's kind of addictive. And the music I really enjoy. And so much so that I, I found a um, playlist on Spotify with all the songs. Uh, yet one of the songs was out of order. So I had to recreate that playlist in my own with the <laughs> songs in order. Um, but I've only got like, I've, I'm playing it on normal at the moment. It's like normal, advanced, and master. I don't think I'm good enough to get potentially any further in advanced, let alone master. But um, I've got two levels to go in normal and having a lot of fun with it. Um, So that's been kind of sucking up a little bit of my time, at least my Xbox time. TV-wise, though, and you'll see when I get to my hobby that I haven't actually done an awful lot, uh, because TV has been taking up a bit of time. So, like I said, I finished episode 11 of Titans. I have finished season one, I assume it's season one, of What If, uh, which disappoints. I, had, I haven't finished it, but I'm not... Like, I'll get to it at some yeah. point. Look, it's it's... Interesting in the fact that they, it's interesting and annoying in the fact that these are all kind of separate episodes and you can watch them completely out of order if you want. They have no relation to each other uh, until the last one when it all comes together. Mm. And I really didn't need to see Frat Thor again. No, no, I needed that. Um, And the episode itself was very average i'm making assumptions i haven't watched it yet but i can almost like i feel like i kind of know what's coming i could put money on the story arc right yeah yeah. Yeah. look it's not um it's not rocket science to work out definitely uh but it's done it's watched um i i think i mentioned last episode that i started watching he-man and the masters of the universe yes so I'd watched one episode and I turned on the Netflix a couple of nights later to watch episode two. That was totally my intention. Did I watch it? No. I got distracted by the little chart, the, you know, number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in Australia right now. And number one was a TV show called Squid Game. Don't know if you're aware of this. Squid Game. The Squid Game. It is a Korean show. Oh, this can only end well. I, um, and it is everywhere. Everywhere seems to be talking about it right now. And I had no idea what the hell it was. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, fuck masters. I'm going to watch this. And, 
it was quite interesting because I got to like, I had to take a break, go downstairs for a minute. And so I paused it and I'm like, it's 20 minutes to go. This is not going to wrap up in 20 minutes. And then I realized it was a TV series and not a movie like I'd assumed. Okay. Uh, nine episodes. They're all around about an hour each. Fucking phenomenal. Like, just so good. Uh, basic premise is there's a whole heap of people, 456 of them, to be precise, who are in financial debt. I have seen a trailer for this. Yes. No, I have seen. Yes. Okay. And they get together and they play kids games. And the winner, like if you get through all six games, you will get a cash prize, which works out to be the equivalent of, I think, around about 52 million Australian. And yeah, like the first game they play is red light, green light. And look, if you have seen the trailer... Yes. Uh, or if you know any of these type of movies or shows or anything like that, you can pretty much guess what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it and you're at all interested, maybe switch off, for, press mute for a minute. But the contestants that fail at the game or that get eliminated get eliminated so they're playing a game of red light, green light, where they're trying to get to the other end within five minutes. There's this big fuck-off robot that has a head that swivels and determines whether people are moving or not. And everybody's sort of jostling for position, going, this is fucking easy. We played this as kids, blah, 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 blah. Robot turns its head around, catches a few people. They get shot. Blood goes everywhere. Everybody moves. Robot Everybody goes panics, runs for the exit. Which, you know, under the rules of the game, is moving. And then it continues on from there. And it's like nine episodes. And it is... I just got addicted, man. It was so good. Like the first episode, a little bit slower. Because it's setting the scene, building the character. Especially the the main character. But, yeah, I think I finished that in about three sessions. After work or whatever. Really, really fucking good. Uh, other TV show I have started, which I've only watched the first episode of, and it was slow to get to the point. Uh, then again, it, it's based off a comic, which is it can be slow in parts anyway. But Why the Last Man, which is uh, basic premise, is a an event happens, and every male on the planet is killed. Bar one. Two, technically. And so it's this guy, it's, I mean, the the basic premise is how the women rebuild without the men, Uh, but also this bumbling wannabe magician who happens to be the last man on earth and and his little adventures and, and people trying to keep him safe from, you know, there's some women, obviously, that, don't want him to be around either. So like I said, first episode in, not too bad, bit slow to get there, but um, I'm interested to see how they go because it's it's like 10 graphic novels and I've got yeah. them and have reread them numerous, numerous times. All right. 
the last thing I want to mention, TV show. Let me get to movies. See, this is you know, oh, shit. Yeah. This is this is what I've been doing all, all fucking time. Um, I watched the trailer today for a new Netflix show coming by the end of the year. I don't know when, but Sandman. The trailer for Sand, the Sandman TV show based off the DC Vertigo comic, which is my favorite comic of all time. And the trailer looked awesome. And from reading up a little bit, the first series is just going to be the first book, which is the first book of a thick 11 from memory. So there's a lot of life in this if they get it right. And apparently it's the, the most money that DC... Warner have spent on a comic TV show ever. No well pressure. So no no pressure, but my God, like the guy they've chosen to play Dream definitely looked the part. So excited about that. Also on a random note that I just remembered two seconds ago when I was talking about Sandman, uh, I listened to the Fat Man Beyond Kevin Smith podcast, uh, not the most recent one, the one before that this morning while I was doing a few things around the house. Uh, apparently, we're probably looking at this year, maybe early next year for the next episodes of Masters of the Universe. Ooh, I, this pleases me. Yes. So one of, one of the, the his co-host, Mark Bernardin, said, oh, tell me it's coming out on Valentine's Day. And Kevin was like, earlier than that. So, this is good news. It's coming. All right, uh, two movies I have seen as well. I did watch Free Guy with oh, Ryan Reynolds. That is that is on the to watch list. It's not bad. It's got its moments. Um, yeah, and there are moments of hilarity. There are moments of same old, same old throughout it. But it's definitely got some great parts, some great laughs. Uh, the wife and I had a few giggles watching it. Um, you know, I fairly early on, you see a guy lagging and sort of running into a wall and then disappearing and then running into the same wall and all sorts of stuff. So hilarious. Uh, if you not haven't heard of this one, it's basically Ryan Reynolds is an NPC in a big online computer game who suddenly gets like aware of where he is. But until then, like bank robberies are a regular occurrence and people getting shot and it's just, <laughs> it's the life that he lives during that. The other thing I watched was last night and it is finally, uh, I say finally because it's about bloody time, but also I was never really in a hurry to see it, but it's finally free on Disney Plus, Black Widow. The other thing that's on the to-watch list, yes. Yes. Um, I'm not... I'm, I'm always been kind of indifferent to Marvel films. Yes. Like, I watch them and I enjoy them and I rarely go back and re-watch them. So I didn't have any sort of expectations, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. So it was a bit different to what I expected. Uh the supporting characters were all very good. Taskmaster just looked incredible. And the fighting style, like mimicking Captain America, Hawkeye, all those sort of things is, is what Taskmaster does, and that was really well done. And then uh, what's his name? David Arbor from Stranger Things mm -hmm. plays a, 
sort of past his prime Russian super soldier. Captain America. Cap- yeah, yeah, and he's he's quite funny in it. All right, so worth it is what I'm Worth hearing. a watch, definitely worth a watch. Um, I definitely did not uh, resent my time that I spent. That's a win. Yes. Purchases, couple, only couple, and it was just mainly pickups. So the Dark Elf dice and board for Blood Bowl. I picked those up from Rich last week. I'm actually surprised you're picking up full-size Blood Bowl boards, but then... But it's got a Kraken on it. Yes, I and can you, play. I can play with the board. And you can name when it I what? eventually go back to playing full size blood <laughs> ball games, um, and say release the kraken and turn the board over, flip the board with all the models on it. Yeah, I no, I just needed to have it. So I was going to say, yeah, it, it's a complex, it's a collection completion issue rather mm-hmm. than a, a practicality. I'm not, I'm not Pokemoning them, but I'm very close. I'm being slightly pedantic. It is some I've chosen not to get, but there's not very many. There's a couple that look almost the same. Yeah, I was the I was really disappointed I didn't get the shambling undead pitch. And then I got the um the necro pitch and then they re released this shambling undead pitch and I was like, um, that's kind of similar to the other one. I'll just keep the other one. Yeah. No, absolutely fair. Um, but at the same token, I don't know why I, I mean, it was very much a, I need to buy these now because I didn't buy them last time they were available and I couldn't get them and I was upset, but I don't have a dark elf team. I don't even have a thought of getting a dark elf team at this stage, but I still needed the dice in the pitch. I mean, they were purple. Is that true? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. That was it. If they start yeah. doing theme seven pitches, it's it's bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Nah, there goes my inheritance. I'm going to be selling my body on the street again, and then paying rich for them all in five cent pieces. Um, the hobby wise, I have mainly actually only been working on Crisis Protocol models recently. So I did get uh, my delivery. I got Mr. Sinister, so he is put together now and undercoated. I painted up Toad relatively quickly. And for the for all of my Marvel ones, I've just used mainly contrast, and it seemed to work, and I'm quite happy with the results, and I don't need anything more for them. So they've been relatively quick. Like Toad probably took me like two nights to finish up. Uh, then I moved on. I did Magneto's little metal tokens that he has. Um, and I've almost finished him. And then I got bored and moved on and decided that I was going to do Ultron because, you know, since the other ones have been so quick, Ultron's even more quick. So I finished him up today and he's pretty much, yeah, metal undercoat, null oil, silver dry brush bit of red contrast over the top and base and done. So, uh, yeah, up to 122. Not bad for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Doing all right. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. It's a win for me. It's better than the 86 or whatever it was last year. So I, I'm still impressed. We're, we're in triple digits. 
I, I wanted to see, I think I talked to you about this the other night, but next year, instead of counting the number of models that I've been doing, which has been steadily increasing, I think it was like 30 one year and then 50 the next and then 86 and then this year. Um, I'm also going to count next year the number of models that I buy and see what my overall net gain and or loss is because uh, I think that'll be interesting. When you say when you say buy, hmm. only models that you purchase specifically, or get given for okay, reasons, yeah, or good. yeah, just models that come into my possession for any any yep, reason. No good. This is like, this is the important distinction. No reason. So, Continue. For example, if um, if I purchase, say, a corn blood bowl team by the end of the year, but it doesn't arrive until next year, that counts as models received next year. Right. I'm, no, I'm, I'm giving myself rules. I like I like rules. Um, things that won't fall into that are like things like board games, because I never paint my models for the board games, and it's it's unlikely that I will paint any of the chibi x-men or um, i've got a couple other things coming so because yeah you've got chibi x-men and i expect probably masters of the universe will come through next year sometime and the boys board game and batman dark knight returns board game all right so you sure we don't want to count these yes (laughs) otherwise there is no way i'm going to like, there's going to be, like, 200 models or something in the X-Men thing alone. X-Men, yes. He-Man, like, oh, God. There are enough bonuses with the X-Men one. The He-Man one was come on miniatures. So there that's going lot. to be yeah. double pretty much what the X-Men one was. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, uh, I'm not going to count those because there is no intention of painting them. Not even the chibi X-Men. No, I'm going to give those to you. Oh, thanks. To paint and give oh, back to me. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm 50% with you here. Um, You're commission painting. Well, well, am I? It seems to be. It seems to be your new uh, profession. And, you know, if I go back to working the streets, like I said, I'll have a lot of fives and pieces to give away. So, <laughs> yeah, Can you stop squatting to give them to me? <laughs> Got to get them out somehow. Um, cool. That's that's about it from me for the weekly update, fortnightly update, whatever it may be. Um, we would normally take a break and come back and talk about games that we have played. We have a better idea. We have played games, but we are going to save them. We will savor them. Save them. We'll savor. <laughs> Really? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Hannibal reference, not anything else. Um, I've just noticed. He didn't make that sound with his mouth. (laughs) The the other lips. Yeah. Um, I've just noticed the time. This is going to be, I'm going to apologize in advance. This is going to be a long episode, guys. Strap in. Strap in. Strap on. Strap yourself in and feel the G's. There's another Simpsons reference. <laughs> Max Power. 
Uh, shall we take a break anyway, though? Let's do that. And we will come back and we will talk about more important things than we have spoken about in a long time. Yes. They only will us my own. I do whatever I want to stay alone. Oh my decisions make it untouchable and changing. I'm gonna suffer for the rest of my life. But I will always find a way to survive. I'm not a failure, but I know what it's like. I can take it or leave it or die. And we're back. Hurrah, we are here. You are probably long gone, but we're still here. Like I said, it's going to be a very fucking long episode. Um, but we got stuff to talk about. We have so many things to talk about. We have all of the things. We did a little event. We posted we a little event on Facebook. And we had people join in with said event. Which is the best way events work. Can I just say, <laughs> otherwise it's not really an event. No, it's, it's more just, just solo abuse. I, mean, I, I do enough of that. Um, We're used to that already. Um, we ran a little painting competition. This is our second one. And uh, I think it was just as successful as the first one. Even though we were a bit more... Uh, structured with this one than we were with the last one. Yes. Um, and look, to be fair, I think I I like structure. So, and, and this is, you know, sample size of one. I really like it when someone says, do a thing, but you can only use or you have to do or you kind of give me boundaries. Boundaries are my friends. I need boundaries. Otherwise, I don't know where to start or what to do. Um, I know this firsthand on a personal level, not related to anything. I told, you, I told you to give me boundaries. <laughs> you did not. And I learned from that. <laughs> so we imposed boundaries on this one. Uh, so, yeah, so the whole whole concept, and you know this because you've listened to this before, I assume. No, you can't have, because why would you be listening now? That's silly. Um, but anywho, the whole process of this was we were saying you need to feature somehow in the model, you need to feature the color pink. It doesn't have to be prominently, um, but somewhere we wanted you to show us your pink bits. Because we're fairly fond of pink. As a general rule, uh, and I think if you if you have listened, you would know this by now. What was funny is after we sort of launched the competition and everything, I actually had a look at my 
semi-recently painted stuff. And there is actually a lot of pink throughout. I didn't realize how much I actually used it. But no, there's, there's a fair amount. There's a theme going on. Yeah. And I like I, our theme. I didn't know it, but here I am. So, yeah, we ran a painted pink competition. And like we said, pink did not have to be the main color. It just had to be a point somewhere on the model, whatever you decided to paint. Uh, Being the hosts that we are, we also entered in the competition, so to speak. And pledged our own things. Which... That's basically so we could rig the whole thing and win our own prizes. That's right. Um, we will go through everybody's entry, uh, but I don't. Th- we're not going to wait till the end to announce the winners. I'm just randomly at some point going to say hey, this person won, so that you have to listen to the whole fucking podcast and you can't just tune in for the last five minutes. Oh, I like what you've done there. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, what what will happen, though, is they'll just listen up until that point and then they turn off. Um, well, we had more than one prize. Oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Evil laugh. Uh, but why don't we go into our little pledges first? Jace, yes. do you want to go through yours? Look, mine, relatively short, sharp, and simple. Um the the added bonus for this is there was another painting competition that was happening online at a very similar time, uh, and that was the the twenty twenty one Blood Bowl painting competition, which is run by a guy in Melbourne. It turns out, oh really? Um, yeah, okay. and he's got international judges. He's got all kinds of anyway craziness. Um, I think he's Melbourne. Anyway, if he's, he's not, somewhere, he, he is definitely located somewhere. But either way, um. And he's basically doing the standard painting competition thing of a whole bunch of different categories and a team and individual and stuff like blah, 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 and this and that. Cool story. But then he had one and it was called the Dead Set Legend. I'm in. I don't know what the the category is, but sign me the fuck up. Um, And he basically picks out one model and you have to paint that model. Um, And this year it was one of the ringers from the Imperial Nobility team. Which, which is, is a an badass awesome model. model. It's so cool. It's just a dude in standing there smoking a pipe in his little fluffy, puffy pants. Um, yeah, super cool model out of the, the Imperial Nobility team. And I went, right, well, that is the most boundaries I can have imposed because I now know my color scheme <laughs> and I now know the exact model. Um, and so he was basically what I did. And I spent infinitely too long painting a single model that is not going to see a game. Um, But again, lots of fun playing with, I've been doing a lot recently of kind of sketching in texture and adding a whole bunch of sort of highlights and stuff and then glazing coloring over the top of it. And the fluorescent pink from Phileo model color works really, really well for that. They're kind of a bit transparent anyway. So you can kind of do stuff and then you throw this over the top and it just makes it stupid pink. Um, And given the name of the competition we were running, I went, right, well, I need to go absolutely stupid bonkers pink. Um, So the whole model is like fluorescent 
pink with um I, you know he's got other other pink he's got you know some nice pastely pink on his pants and this kind of stuff um but the, the biggest piece for me was having lots of fun sort of sketching and texture and making some scratches in the armor all that kind of stuff and then doing the pink over the top um was one of those models I spent way too much time on in that I sort of got to a certain point and then I showed progress pics to a couple of friends um, who are infinitely better painters and I sort of went, I think I'm done. And they went, Oh, are you? Cause what about this? And what about oh, no. that? Um, and I went, Oh, that's not a very good idea. So I then had to go back and I, I had him with these kind of hot pink, sort of, you know, shoes and, and slightly pink socks and all this kind of jazz. And they're just like, the problem is, is you lose the focus on the kind of top half, that kind of face and that, that kind of area. And the whole model is very similar. So it's hard to focus in. So I then had to go basically go back and change all of the colors around the face and shoulders and that kind of feature area to make to make the face a feature and to make that whole top area a feature. And went, how about that? And I went, oh, yeah, but. <laughs> oh, no. Because uh, I know you already and you are one that will go back and, and spend a night on a highlight under the eye or something. Yeah. So, the, look, there was a little bit of that. The eyes on it, let's not even, you can't see them in the no. piece. That's the problem. Um, and they're. I wasn't happy, but you can't see them, so it doesn't really matter. I think I changed the feather color about three times in his hat. Um, but literally the day before everything was done, I, I slapped him on a – I've got just a bit of like dowel from Bunnings, like curtain rod style dowel, but nice and thick, um, out in the garage. And every time I want to base a model vaguely fancy, I just lop a bit off the end of that and use it as a plinth. <laughs> Um, so I literally did that the day before and, and painted the base up and slapped him on and took photos and happy days. I, I submitted it to the pink competition. I submitted it to the blood bowl competition. I then read the rules of the blood bowl competition that said oh. he has to be mounted on the base. He comes on. Um, I'm now hoping that they don't notice because realistically <laughs> I just put it like, it's a pretty standard blood bowl field grass thing like i didn't go do anything special and i took photos pretty close up so i'm just hoping they don't notice um but we will see when is that one announced uh soon so it closed on the 6th i think so now they're doing the actual judging and everything and we'll hear about it shortly um but that had a huge amount of entries from across the world um and it's got a couple of amazing uh, judges, I think Roman Lapat is a, a judge on it who is an incredible artist, and a few others, um, as well as a few of the uh, the kind of big Blood Bowl podcast hosts uh, judging yep. and things like. I think mm-hmm. like the Three Die Block guys are doing it, and Bonehead and that. So um, it'll be cool. I'm gonna have to listen to a few of those and just see what they think of different things. And but I've seen some of the entries, and there's some incredible work on there. I'm now regretting I didn't go back and do like checks or something stupid. I should have, but I didn't. I did. I did give his little pipe smoke. That was probably the last little little touch just for and something different that added a bit i liked in it. my eyes i liked it anywho that was that was my pink entry it was literally one dude 
um, just stand there smoking his pipe in a lot of pink armor. And probably about to be hit by an orc star player and thumped into the ground and murdered. Yeah, he's not coming out alive, no. (laughs) He's got a big target on his back. Looks like a badass, though. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressed with yours, mate. Look, I also went down the Blood Bowl route and I pledged the four ogres from the ogre team thinking that what am I going to play next season? I thought, oh, let's keep it a bit fun and a bit over the top and ogres seem like they would be a fun yet not overly serious team. So let's go for that. So I pledged the four ogres. I did finish the four ogres and I also finished eight snotlings to go with them and the uh, tokens for the team as well. So I'm all ready and set to go for next season. That's way too organized. I still don't know what team I'm playing. (laughs) Um, I had a bit of fun with it. Like the, there's a lot of pink on them, but it's not the sort of the main color. Like their, their shorts, for example, are all blue. With mm-hmm. like a pink stripe down the side. And uh, the Snotlings, most of their clothes are blue. There's, I've tried to get a bit of pink on them somehow. But I also went with the fluoro pink and tried to make it as pink as humanly possible, which definitely it's definitely uh, different, let's say. I, overall, I'm quite happy with them. Uh, I'm also really happy with the, the Ogre Kicker because I did something which I have not done before, which is just something that, that has never really even occurred to me because most of the flesh paints that I've ever had are white flesh, are tanned flesh, you know, uh, or in the case of the the one which I got when I was 13, brushing flesh. So... I've never I mean, done a darker model before. Rotting flesh could have been a darker model rotted. No, nah, it was. It, I mean, the rotting flesh was very much a pale green flesh color, which when I bought, well, when I got given for Christmas this paint set was the only flesh color. So all my models that I painted for a while had rotting flesh, which was uh, not attractive, let's say. But... Um, yeah, I, I stretched and I, I did a darker skin on the kicker and overall really quite happy with how he turned out. So, um, And then the bases, I I toyed around with a couple of ideas. I played with them for a bit. I had my, I've still got my, my test base on the desk in front of me. And I was thinking of Astrogranite. I was thinking of Mud, which I've done for a couple of teams. I was think, trying to think of something different. Uh, and eventually I settled on just a plain sort of astrogranite with with the white lines and stuff like that, but I couldn't get my hands on astrogranite straight away, so I went home and I changed my mind again, and I did the... It's something which I've done in the past on, on my Skaven Mordheim team. I've done it on some of the uh, Curse City models, which is the Mordant Earth crackle paint. Mm-hmm. which is a black crackle paint, which I just love uh, because you can put a couple of colors underneath it and then when it cracks, it just looks really special. Uh, 
so I thought I'd try that with pink. And I did pink rims on the bases and I did pink all over the base and did a couple of lines all over the place with different pink colors. Slapped the mordant earth on and then garnished with pink flowers. So they're almost a vomitous sort of array of pink all over these models, but they're done. I'm happy with them. Yeah. And they garnished it. isn't it's an underused term. Can I just <laughs> It seemed like the appropriate thing to say. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, yeah, no, the, the pink through the black, when you showed me that, those bases as a start, that was a, a definite yes. No, this needs to happen. Mm. Why haven't we done more of this before? Um, and equally, how weird is it? This sounds really racist, but painting not white skin. I know. Um, like, I didn't – and it's never been – a, a conscious decision on my part. It's just that all the skin colors I've had have been white or tan skin. Uh, so I, I went out specifically and bought some some dark skin, like the Blood Reaver flesh and Night mm-hmm. Quester flesh from Citadel. I put those over the top of a, I think it was a Saigor brown contrast mm-hmm. and sort of laid it up a little bit and I'm really happy with him. So... He won't be the last guy I do like that. Yeah, nice. And look, I actually like the way that because he's a different position as well, it actually yes. makes him really stand out. Yeah, that, that was the intention because with the ogre team, you get two types of ogres in two different poses. So two times two poses. And then you fluff it out with different emblems on their chest and different heads and different shoulder pads. But the... You basically have two ogres with one foot back in the air like they're about to kick something. But you can only ever have one kicker on the team, so I needed a way of making him stand out a bit more, uh, which I think that has been achieved. Well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we still need to discuss your habit for coloured rims, but anyway. I like my coloured rims. Um <laughs> I mean, it's not usually a Blood Bowl thing that I do, but I decided for this competition I'd, I'd stick with it. Lean uh, into it. I'd, let, I'd dig it. It was perhaps a little bit too much, but uh, yeah, let's go with it. And like, you know, that Morden Earth over the pink worked. Uh, didn't work as well as Morden Earth over like a couple of shades of like a light green for the Skaven. It just looks like Warpstone. That was also up. cool. Yeah. Uh, that's been my favourite so far, but... We will keep going. We'll play around. And, and, you know, I tried one or two things that I hadn't tried before, which is always a positive. Yeah. Dig it. Anywho, that's turns us. Out, turns out we're not eligible for prizes, and I wasted all that time. Wait, what? Yeah. I, ch- I checked the rules. But we write the rules. I know. We did a really bad job. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. It was just as well we had other people enter then. I thank fuck. Anyway, so what we'll do, we're going to go through, the same as we did on the last competition episode, we are going to go through each entry and say a couple of things mm, nice about them. Oh, okay. shit. I'm going to redo my notes. <laughs> um, we want to obviously praise the work that you guys do. You, you have gone out of your way to to jump on board with our little pink train. And 
we really appreciate all the effort you guys have done. Uh, I know that there are others that had started and did not finish. And, you know, even though we're not going to talk about yours because, you know, the pitches weren't in, that sort of thing, but we, we still appreciate the effort uh, and the fact that you were willing to jump on this journey with us. So thank you. But we'll go through the entries and we're going to go through them in order of which they were posted. So when the final pictures were posted up, that's where we'll start. So shall we kick it off? Let's go. All right. So first entry was from Alice and it was the St. Celestine model from Sisters of Battle for 40K. Now, first and foremost, I want to, uh, you know, I know I've just said that we're going to talk nice about everything, uh, uh, but this model shits me to tears, like straight away, straight away, instant hatred, instant, like, and it's not the model itself, it's Alice's painting. So... Instant jealousy. I like. I have this instant jealousy of anyone that paints better than me. So literally everybody on this competition, <laughs> right? Alice has been painting for fucking less than a year. Like I think it's even less than six months. And this is what she turns out. Like what the hell? What have I done wrong in my life? Oh, we don't have time for that episode, don't we? Okay. No. All right. We'll do that next time. Yeah. Cool. Um, so she has done these pastel blues and pinks and yellows and whites. Uh, the blending on the wings is just incredible. And I, I literally can't fault it, which also shits me. Uh, the pink has been used extremely effectively for me. It's like on the tips of the wings, uh, on the cloak, uh, there's, you know, pink rocks on the base and flowers on the base and pink bedazzles at the bottom. Um, but I really appreciate as well the the difference, the differences in the front to the back of the wings. So you've got almost all the colour, like the pinks and the yellow is on the front of the wings where you see. And on the back of the wings, it's more the subdued blue. And you can see the tips of the pink there as well. Uh, and it just creates that, that really amazing dynamic of, of the model. Like, I don't yeah, know. I can't say anything else. No, there's, there's a few things. I mean, the fact that she vajazzled St. Celestine, I really appreciate. Um, Maybe not what I would do with the base, but you know, it was different. Like, That's it's, for sure. it's look points, points for originality, points for, for coming up with stuff there. Um, yeah, the, the whole because we know the amount of time that Alice has been painting, um, and clearly, uh, and this maybe leans into a previous episode where we talked about transferable skills, but I feel like this isn't the only time she's done something like this because you do not do this having not done anything like this before. Um, equally, a little bit of a sneak peek. I, we saw, I at least saw one kind of work in progress shot 
where she was just kind of sketching the where the highlights and blends and everything were going to go on the wings. Mm-hmm. And that is also something that you do not do unless you've got some kind of background in something. Like you, you don't have new painters come in and just go, oh, I'm just going to sketch this in and then I'll smooth it out later. Bullshit. You've done, I don't know what it is, but you've done a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, super smooth. Um, and not only super smooth, but to go through color transitions like that, the fact that it goes through the kind of the pinks, the the yellow edge highlight is mm-hmm. relatively inspired to add an extra color there. Um, I really dig the hot pink that she's put right in the the recesses of that kind of the, the inset of the wings where the feathers originate from. Um, that's, that's the, and the fact that that's paired with the really pastel yellow, just makes it jump. And the other thing I've never thought about doing, and I dig that she's, I really dig it, is the fact that she's gone the hot pink on the kind of, not the front, the back, but those side edges of the wings. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of making a feature of that. It's kind of, it's always, for me, it's always been a weird part of a model because you kind of feel like it's chunkier than it should be because it's a model. Like if these were actually wings, that would basically be a non-existent part. You'd have the front and the back and there'd be like a tiny little line. But in a lot of Games Workshop stuff, there's this kind of extra third dimension that you just like, all right, do I hide this? I assume I hide this. How can I hide this? But she's made a feature of it and that's super cool. The other thing I really dig is on where she's gone, the difference, like the pastel kind of um, pinks and, and blues and shit on the armor but shading with color so rather than just going right well this armor or this cloak in this instance um because the cloak's what i'm looking at this cloak is a pastel pink it is a pastel pink but all of the shadow being like a, a blue shade throughout it so actually getting some color um contrast as well as as all that kind of thing so yeah look it hits the brief firstly pink yes um check the variation between the pastel and that really kind of intense fluorescent magentary kind of pink. I think there's a couple of pieces in there where you're just like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of this. Where, where did this idea come from? And why didn't I come up with this first? Um, I'm marginally resent. Um, and then, as I said, just the little things like, you know, making a feature of the, the sides of the wings was super cool. So yeah, well played. <laughs> Way to show us up, me especially. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough on that. I don't want to feel any worse for the rest of the night. Uh, moving on, Steve Quinn was the next one, and he has done a squad of Dark Elder Mandrakes. Yes. Now, this, the colors I loved. So, He's got the, it's a pink flame. The only thing, only issue I have with this one is the picture is a little bit hard to make out. Yeah. But the, the pink flames on the hands mm-hmm. and how that's reflected onto the model of the legs, especially in some of them, it was just really spot on for me. Uh, the, the color choices as well, the greens and even the, the white with the hair. Uh, and the purple and the the yellow on the base, everything's just sort of, it's thought through 
it looks really, really good as a single model, but as a, a co cohesive unit, they are all instantly recognizable and completely tied together. Yes. So, and again, a little bit of insight because I know Steve. Um, he's been showing me up for way too long. Um, we play, we used to play Malifaux together and he, the jerk used to show me up all the time. He'd rock up with this new thing that he painted and he'd be like, oh, I hate you. Um, so you, now you know how I feel like on a constant level. Yeah, but he's really good. Um, so it, a few things. So, yeah, I think that the piece that really gets me is the – the thought that's gone into it beforehand. So firstly, yes, the, the photo isn't great. Um, Steve, lift your game. You're better than this. Um, there's 10 of them. Like he's thrown in 10 models there. And I also know because I know Steve and I had a conversation with him after this, that squad of 10 models to that standard, three hours. Get out of town. That's why I hate him. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, start to finish, that is the complete amount of time. He is a jerk of the highest order. Um, stuff I really love about it. So, and, and part of the reason he does paint as quickly as he does, as well as having a really good understanding of the techniques he's using and that kind of stuff, is planning out colours. So the fact that he's knew that these things were going to be these kind of greens, the the kind of turquoisey blues, um, the white hair, which draws your attention back to the head of the model, which is what you want, but it doesn't really change change the color. Also, to get a smooth kind of white that doesn't suck, like stop it. Um, Just hair in general for me. Yeah. Um, but then to throw in this kind of real pop of spot color, which is used that magenta, he's gone the full kind of object source lighting, OSL style glow. So you've got this full kind of reflection onto the, the legs and that whole side. But you look at the model and you see pink flame that is 100% there and you see this kind of white head that frames your attention. So you've got this real kind of focus for where you're looking at them. Um, but then to replicate that across an entire unit, and I know he's got a whole army of these bastards, not necessarily the Mandrakes, but Dark Elder so as well. Um, and yeah, the, the the base choice, just to throw a slightly different colour in there, the whole lot is pretty cold um, because it is those greens and blues and that kind of jazz. And then the pink is not necessarily a, a war, like it, it's a warmer colour, but you can have a cold pink as well. And then just to throw the the yellow in the base, which is the, the warmest colour in there, and all of a sudden it creates this real separation between the model and the base. So you can clearly see this is the ground, this is where they're walking, this is the environment, it could be fucking anywhere, who knows. Um, this is the model, and it cre creates a situation where you're not blending the model into the base and it all kind of, you're not sure where you're looking. Um as I said, planning, it's, I should do more of it. I um, sense a theme here. I won't, let's be clear. Um, but yeah, this, this whole, whole concept of choosing the right colors, choosing the right techniques, planning the model out, and then just putting it together um, and watching it assemble in this, it, it, he's a maniac and I generally hate him 
for the quality and speed in which he puts things out. Cause, and because I knew Steve, like he was going, oh, the, the projects I'm working on at the moment don't really have pink in them. I said, yeah, but you're going to be bored and have half an hour. So just paint <laughs> something different. He's like, oh, fine. And <laughs> like the next day posted these jerk. Um, so there's a the theme going, good. like we're, we're still kind of talking nice about the models. We're just talking smack about the people. Yeah, I know, right? They deserve it though. <laughs> Yeah, you guys had it coming. It's not our fault. You posted the pictures. You opened yourself up to this. Yeah, it's not like we created an event and invited you and said it to be a safe environment. Like, no, none of those things happened. Anywho. I don't think safe environment was ever written in the terms and conditions. Ah, correct. We didn't even put a safe word in there. <laughs> Pineapple. Uh, moving on. Let us. All right. So next up, we had Samara who painted a very pink dragon. So very pink. Now, this is Samara's absolutely first model ever painted. She legitimately went out, purchased a model for this competition. I don't know. She may have even purchased the paints as well. I'm pretty sure she did, yeah. So, and the paints were, were something new. They were, what, born acrylics from yeah. memory, from my notes. Uh, so not something that I am familiar with. Are you at all familiar with? No, and, no. And I believe they're kind of, you know, craft store mm-hmm. style, uh, you know, acrylics, that kind of deal. So, and that was probably going to be my first point in that not necessarily the easiest tools to work with either. Um, in that. It's all paint. It all works. You can absolutely, and, and I will not say that the type of paint you're doing using means that you're going to have a better or a worse result. But the the thing with miniature paints and the kind of paints that we we generally use is that you you kind of know the consistency, you know the feel, you know how they're going to cover. You've got this general idea. Um, they're all made of the same stuff, but just to, to varying degrees of pigment density and all this kind of stuff. And it's not necessarily designed for what we're doing. So it, it just probably adds a degree of difficulty. Um, but also you get a cool, a lot of cool stuff that, because I mean, you know, if, if we're talking artist tools, um, you know, there's, there's kind of artist quality and then you go to student quality and then kind of the craft stuff is generally a, a step down again, but they still do these like super cool different effects that we don't see a lot of in our hobby as well. So all of a sudden you can get kind of, you know, color shift and shimmer effects and these kind of pearlescent things that you don't necessarily see in a lot of miniature lines as well. So it's worth dabbling outside, um, but they can be tricksy. So first ever model. First, first ever, ever model. First ever, you know, just going out and grabbing some some paint, and there was a lot of pink in that selection. If I saw that first first kind of photo with, <laughs> I, I bought stuff. Now what kind of Look, photo she, that she threw up? She's definitely gone all out on the pink, and and that's something I can totally get behind. Absolutely, I, I mean that was the point of the competition, wasn't it? Painted pink. I wasn't expecting anyone to go more pink than me and she's done that in spades but 
there's still differences there. Like you can see the difference between the wings, the stomach, the horns, the nose. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a contrast between the different aspects of the, the model, which, uh, you know, on my first model, I would not have been able to do, let alone in the same color range. Yeah. And that's it. It's super hard to get that distinction between different parts. Like even, even looking at it, like the, the arms where you've got the different muscles, you can clearly see the, the distinction between the different muscle groups and, and, you know, the different scales and stuff, which is super hard when you're dealing with a really limited color palette um, and a really limited color palette of almost the same tones. Um, and then to throw in the kind of, shimmery pearlescent effect as well to give it another layer of like you're still using relatively pink paint but it just creates different points of you know attention and and, and a different effect to create a different distinction between um areas i super dig it so and other things i would not have done on my first model is if we treat that kind of shimmer um effect as a highlight there's so many of the right places hit like it's where light would hit and and shine off and stuff it's like it's it's kind of really reserved on any of those underside bits um or any any bits that would be in shadow so i think there's some really clever use of that as a as an effect and the base like why can't i do decent bases just it's some. It's she's taken the these little crystal things and and put them on, and created this image of this pink dragon sitting on top. It's it's whatever its treasure may be. It's What's, telling a story in the one model. Yeah, and what I love is, and this is the only one where we got really a a story in the submission as well, because you know in her piece she's like you know. Here is my dragon. It was a blue dragon. It turned pink. He's now got these, you know, strawberry quartz and pink opal, and which is clearly what she's put on the base. And I know shit all about rocks, um, but it's it's actually this whole piece where the model is actually telling a story. It, it's it's a character. It's got a background, and I feel like the whole thing reflecting that, and you know, you can tell that from the model um, is super cool, and probably something I don't do enough of is is that storytelling element. I just hope that um, that this this model is now sitting somewhere on a shelf, uh, pride pridefully displaying itself in all its ple- uh, grandeur. Because she's done an amazing job for a first model, just such an incredible job, and she should be really proud of this. Yeah, super cool. Um, you know, and to jump in for something like this, where you're actually throwing your first model online. That would be terrifying. And in a competition. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it's one of our competitions, but yeah, it's so still it doesn't a competition really in the word. Yeah. Yeah. We, we put the word in there and she jumped in and just went absolutely balls deep. Dig it. Super cool. Love it. All right. Next up, we had Joel. Now, Joel has done a Goliath ganger from Necromunda. And... Uh, He's done almost a, a sort of a different aspect to a, most, if not all, of the other entries in that the pink is sort of the the light, the lighting effect on the model. And you can really see that with the, the 
dark because there's a dark side of the model, and then he's like the, the moon side. He, yes, the darker side of the pink or lighter side of the pink. I don't know. You're the pink Floyd person here. Um, it's just the model itself. It's such a sort of simple color scheme with the blacks and the and the the yellow on the trousers. And obviously there's a lot of metal involved because it's 40K of Necromunda. Um, but it's done so well. The It just draws your eye to it. Those, uh, the hazard stripes, I forgot what they were called mm-hmm. for a minute, on the axe. Like, they are incredibly well done. You've got chipping on the axe as well there, I'm just noticing now. Um and the the base just sort of ties it all in together for me. So he's not sitting on a, a said miniature's base. It's more like a, a piece of metal from a floor that, of what he's walking in. Yeah. And this kind of ties into my last point around the, the telling the story. Like it's not just about the painting of the model. It's where the model is, what's going on around him. And you can't see what's going on around him, but you can tell based on the, the the lighting that he's thrown in and kind of the the, the implied um, surroundings, which I love. The other thing I really love is the approach that Joel took and that I saw an early work in progress piece where he basically painted the whole thing just straight. It was, you know, straight skin tones. I think the mohawk was yellow, like the hazard stripes were just painted normally um, and then went back through and added the pink lighting as a secondary piece. So he, an early early shot, he basically, there was no pink on it. Um, so really, really hard to do in the first instance because to make light effects work, you need the model to be dark enough for the light to show. Um, if you paint the model just like it's in broad fucking daylight and you shine a torch on him, the torch does nothing. So you've got to kind of plan it out from the start. I really, really dig. Um, And then just to go through and get the right amount of pink. So the kind of the pinkness of the head, the glow on the head and the weapon and things like that is more than around his feet and stuff where where the, the glow isn't as strong. You've got more glow on kind of metallic things and things that would be reflected um, rather than just kind of his pants don't have the same amount of pink on them because they wouldn't be as reflective. Like there's a lot of really clever, subtle things. Um, And then you chuck in, yeah, just some, some casual hazard stripes and some casual chipping and, and all that kind of jazz. But to be able to go, you know, and flip the model and look at the other side and go, see the, the separation between what is lit and what is not lit um, and where it started and it puts the model in place. You can see where he is in in space, in in kind of an atmosphere that isn't actually there. I super dig it. It was a really interesting one for me because clicking on the first picture, you get that, that pink glow on the head and the pink hair. And I thought that's what it was. I thought he's done pink hair on it and a bit of a pink face. Fair enough. Okay. And it's not until you click through to the the pictures of the other side where you see the the absolute darkness and the yellow hair and what the model actually is that you see that the, the actual the effort that's gone in to this lighting effect 
Um, and is that a cigar in his mouth? I couldn't work it out. I think so, which is one of the most raged about pieces in yeah, it is. Um, and the fact that he's got the little end kind of lit up a bit yep. um, is, is super cool. Um, it's one of the most raged about pieces in the, the Necromunda Facebook groups and stuff because they're like, it's tiny, it's a separate piece, we hate it. I'm, I'm, oh, like, it's a anyone, separate piece. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the cigar is a separate piece. So, I mean, anyone who's assembled anything from the, the Malifaux range doesn't care for this, but everyone else is like, oh, my God, it's tiny. <laughs> It's, such, it's just such a cool model. It's got such character just in the way it's posed and the weapon and the, the cigar that he's given him. Um, but to add that that extra level of lighting effect and, and the hazard stripes, and again, like I said, the, just the simpleness of the yellow and black on the pants just stands out. I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. As I said, the whole, the whole piece for me is you saw the early – work in progress shot and there was no pink on it. He hadn't, he hadn't actually hit the brief at all. And then you look at the final piece and you're like, oh, I get it now. You clever jerk. Theme. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have Clinton. And Clinton has done a death metal jester. Now, Clinton is also our newest Patreon and has signed up for us, uh, to play games every month and has chosen Blood Bowl 7s as his game. So he is now my new favourite person. Uh, competition's over. Shall we end the episode now? Yeah, but why go on? You basically... I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering how I tell my wife. Um, I think she's used to the disappointment now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, look, I love this model. Always have loved this model. Uh, stick a guitar on him instead of a big so fuck off much gun. <laughs> so much better. Uh, the the effort that Clinton's doing to here, like the diamonds on the cloak and on the leg, mm-hmm. like they're not just diamonds; they're highlighted diamonds. The uh, I mean, even the simplicity of the stones on the base and the the color of the the whatever it is that he's standing on, the, like the ruin, um, just adds to the effect. And I just, it, the pink on it's the pink on the diamonds was really cool. The mm-hmm. reddish sort of guitar with the pink highlights just adds to it for me. Yep. And uh, the purple with the hood, like anyone that knows me knows I love purple almost as much as I love pink. So he he's ticking boxes with me, whether he means to or not. But I love this model. I love what Clinton's done with it. It's something different, but so so cool. Yeah, I mean, flat out, there are sheer awesome points to be thrown at this. The second you take this badass model and throw a flying V guitar in his hands, which he's is shredding. It is the most metal thing you could have done, and I love it. Um, actually, that's a lie. The most metal thing you could have done is take those ruins and replace them with some kind of amp that he was jumping <laughs> off. But I'm relatively sure Clint's actually putting together a Harlequin army and probably wants bases to fit in, so I'll forgive him. Um, God help him if he's doing those diamonds on every model. Yeah, the dude's doing diamonds. It's it's Wait. crazy. Um we're on model five. I think I, I've 
gotten upset about how much better painters every one of these people is than me. And we still got many more to go. Fuck. The difference that's a, if, the, the difference in the pinks, I'll hit you, the, the, the guitar mm-hmm. with that real kind of deep, vibrant one and then the kind of more light, I'm assuming it's like a the Vallejo version, so I think it's squid pink, but I think it's something else in the GW range. Um, but, the, yeah, each one of those highlighted is crazy. Mm-hmm. Stop it. That's crazy. Um, you know, zooming in now, I'm watching, you know, the, the gems on his belt highlighted and, and stuff like that as well. So there's extra point. The fact he's gone through and done the frets. Now, I haven't checked whether the frets are correct. <laughs> Probably but, Yeah. Um, super cool. They definitely get thinner as you get towards the, the body of the guitar, which is actually awesome. Um, yeah, I think that, look, the biggest call out for this is, I don't want to count how many diamonds that dude painted No. on and to do it on a, a curved piece of cloth. That's not a regular shape and try and make those match up. And you're trying to work out, okay, well, if there's a cutout here, where does the diamond end and how does it go? Absolute win. And then to go back and highlight every single one of those jerks, I wouldn't do it. I flat out would not. Actually, that's, I know this because I have Harlequin sitting in a, a cupboard <laughs> and I started painting diamonds on one of them and went, fuck this game. I'm out. Um, I will use it for characters only. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, I, I'm just, I am so stuck on that pose plus guitar is perfect. Yes. Like you could not get cooler until you added diamonds. Um, it, it's super glamorous. Like the guy needs to go and audition for Steel Panther. <laughs> we have not used a Steel Panther song. Let me just make you know make a note of that. Um, and then the other cool thing about this is that level of separation. So he's sitting on a, a relatively like it's a, a bony stone kind of very elder looking base with rocks mm-hmm. and the tufts and stuff, and it just you look at the model. The base is there. Cool, he's standing on a thing. Happy days. But the the model is the bit that really stands out. And I, I really dig that level of that separation. Um, and there's still some tie-in. Like the bone on his chest is kind of a very similar one to the bone of the the ruin, which I think is actually a really cool kind of storytelling element where you could go and go, oh, it's, it's all the, the same material. Um there's the little tie-ins, but he sits so far above and apart from the base. I, I, yeah, I'm a massive fan. Fuck, it's cool. I want one. Where do I get mini guitars like that? Because I need to add mini guitars to models now. You got a 3D printer? Yeah, it's not going to do that, isn't it? No, okay. I don't know about 3D. I need, I need a better one. Hmm. I need that one. <laughs> There's a Stop thought. It. Stop it. <laughs> Um, dig it, super dig it, and actually, Just I've seen it. some of his seen some of his work since as well, and he's doing Elder, and he's doing diamonds across vehicles and stuff at the moment, and it's looking super cool. His stuff always looks good, and it's always got just something different about it. Like yeah. his his corn demons, like some of them had LEDs in the eyes, and no, just way too talented. Just and and stop coming up with better ideas than me is the moral of the story. Like just rein it in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's, right. let's move. Move on. 
Uh, next up, we had Lauren, and Lauren did one of now. I don't know. To me, this is the Underworlds Banshee. So, is I, it is it the Underworlds one? Well, it's I don't know. It's oh. definitely you can play. I know you can play the model in both, so you can do it. Use it in Age of Sigma and Underworlds. And she, I'm pretty sure from memory that she is the leader. The leader. The leader is good. The leader is great. We surrender our will as of this date. Um, the leader of the, the Banshee Underworld team. Yeah. Now I've played quite a bit of Underworlds and I have not played any Age of Sigma. So I'm just going to refer to it as the Underworlds Banshee. But I absolutely love this model. Like the the various different shades of pink. I have painted this model and I know how much effort I had to go to to make the the cloaks look right and and the shading and all the rest of it. The pink on the skirt being Mm -hmm. a darker pink than the the cloak itself. And even the the face is is pretty much shaded up to a white on the cloak. Just incredible. The the breastplate with the dark gold, the dark and the gold – the, the contrast on the arms and even the highlights on the base for this were really impressive and stood out to me. But, I mean, I love this model. I love the paint job that she's gone for this. And I think in her notes she actually said that she was rethinking the colour scheme for her Nighthawk army. There we go. So I think she's using it in uh, Age of Sigma. But correct choice because this is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I had I had similar notes where I'm just like, You've you've got what could be and what ninety nine percent of people would paint as the same material between the sort of the cape, the cloak, the head thing, the the skirt, um, but there's just differences between them. And I think in her comment she said that she'd mixed in different amounts of like pearlescent paints and, and stuff. And so, firstly, just points for mixing because not enough people are doing that. Um, I don't I don't do it at all, pretty much. And to give, th- I'm lazy that way. The the just the the difference between that headpiece and then the the inside of the kind of cloak down her back and then the skirt the fact that the skirt almost looks like it's kind of bleeding into the, mm. the like it, as it fades out a little bit it's super groovy um the the different shine on them I I dig and again it's one of those things that is hard to make like it is because. The second you add something that's shiny, you start to lose control of where the reflections are. But in this instance, I don't know whether it's just the angle she photoed them, but they're just, they're right. Um, it's that that kind of front, um, most forward bit of the skirt that really catches it and some of the highlights. The fact that she's gone up to almost the white to give it kind of the, the see-through effect on the veil. Super I'm, groovy. I'm nodding here, which is great podcast material. Um. Yes. I actually really dig. She's chucked in an orange, like, little lamp on her belt. It's a, like, is it a lamp or an hourglass? I can't remember. I, I don't know, but it, it kind of, next to all of the colours playing out, it looks like it's this kind of glowing kind of orange piece. And it's just such a really interesting spot colour because it's just, it's the different end of the red side of things. Yeah. It's that yellow red instead of the, the the pinky kind of, you know, you start adding blues into reds to get that. Um and, and whites it just adds that kind of vibrancy in the colour. The the gold armor 
um, and just the the separation because there's a kind of a real heavy black that separates it from everything else. So you, there's none of this kind of getting lost of what skirt, what's armor. It's just like, you know, it's there. And equally the, the same with the base, like it almost goes into like a black shadow, which I super dig um, this high level kind of, you know, contrast just to go, here's where the model stops. Here's where the base starts. Um, and it really creates a feature of it. And it still, you know, gives you those pops of colors with the roses on the base and that kind of stuff. But it makes the model really readable and with a model with so much of this kind of flowing robes and, and stuff that kind of blends together, it could be really hard to do. And just to create those really kind of sharp lines, the fact that the, even in the mouth that's open, it's a kind of this real dark black in there as well. I, I really dig um, just how ballsy that is because you screw those lines up. And you've got to cover it with a nice little pastel pink. And I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> this is why I think, I think we balance each other out a bit because I can look at this model and go, that looks cool to me. And then you can explain all this color differentiation and all these technical arty side of things, which I just go, it just looks cool. I like it. I mean, I make most of this shit up. It's probably not right, but. But you uh, can say it well and you can say it like you mean it. Yeah, I mean it. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, but I definitely mean whatever it is that I'm talking about. Um, so, I mean, you know, her, her comment is very, you know, uh, self-deprecating. She's like, oh, it's pretty simple. But it, the overall concept is, but sometimes they're the hardest things to actually pull off. And I think that's the piece. Um, yeah, super. It's, I really dig the colors game. Yeah, I think agreed. that's better. Better. I haven't seen your white and purple Nighthorn army, but I think this is a better idea. Yeah, well, we always think it pink is better anyway. I think it goes without saying, but we'll say it anyway. Yeah, we'll totally redo the rest of your army in this scheme from now on. Uh, moving on. So the next post was from Adam. Now, Adam has said that he didn't get anything done. All right, well, let's move on. So, good on you, Adam. Like, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing, you know. Uh, but he has posted some pictures of a plague surgeon done by his six-year-old son, Malachi. Now, first of all, I just want to call out Adam and just say that it's a, a pretty low thing for you to do, mate, to pass this off as your six-year-old son's work. When it's obviously yours, because, I mean, I'm, I've got a six-year-old daughter. Like, there's no way that she would be able to do anything like this. This piece, if it is your son's, and that's the last time I'll say that, um, is incredible. I really, really dig it. Like, it's it's still better than my painting. The The blade how we've got the various, the blue and the kosher and blood. Uh, the blood is a huge effect on this because it, it instantly takes it away from the, the light of the blue. There we go. I'm trying, I'm trying this color theory thing now. Yeah, see? Um, and what I love about Nurgle is that you can paint it whatever way you like and it doesn't seem to make any difference whatever whatever you paint it it will look incredible the the pink on the shoulder plate pad 
is just spot on. It just seems to work for me. And I love the the little, you know, Plague Bearer face coming out of it with the red horn. Uh, but the pink, pink is there. It's spot on for that. I love Nurgle no matter what. And this, this piece to me is just really incredibly well done. Uh, the the I've got written here the color progression so the the red to the metallic to the green uh, it just it brings your eye in you've got the base with the the various murky you know pus nurgly nurgles rot type uh, paint on the edge of the the blue sword with the blood it just it comes together as a piece it tells a story. If, like, the, Malachi should be so proud of this because this is an, a really amazing piece. I really wish I was doing this when I was six. That yeah. is, like, I, literally the very first one of my notes of this was just six with about 40,000 exclamation points after it. Um, it mean, is, I've already mentioned tonight that my first paint set had, like, various different odd colours. And I would have been 13, 14. And I've still got some of my models. And I could legitimately put up a picture of one of them next to this. And this is 10 times better than I was doing at double the age. But just like conception, like the idea that like I'm looking at it and there's just so many different effects and ideas and everything thrown in there, which is crazy. Like you've got this kind of, the kind of blue power sword kind of effect, but also it's bleeding, but also it's got this whole kind of pus, gross slime situation. Um, And then, you know, the same deal, you've also got these kind of green glowing kind of power cords on the backpack. You've also kind of got this ghostly glow face deal going on. I'm like, just, just, being able to understand these kind of different ideas at six is crazy. Um, you throw in the pink shoulder pad, which I love because it is so, I mean, it's so different to everything else on there. So it stands out. I, I dig it, but it just works. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. It is just the best idea just to go, here is something completely different. And it, I think it's because it is Nurgle, right? So you've got this whole concept that pretty much anything is fair game. I don't know how the pink got there. I don't know why it's pink, but, but there was is. unpleasantness that ensued that created that. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the whole plague bearer head coming out of it is, is groovy as hell. Um, yeah, absolutely blown away by firstly the paint job and, and the, 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 the way that all these different effects kind of, I affect each other. So you've kind of got this metallic and you've got the glow on the metallic from the, the thing. And then you've got the, the ghost face and you've got this different blue sword and you've got that. Uh, and they all just play together and it all just kind of comes together in this overall concept of a model, which is, it's just super groovy. Um, and then to do it at six, like stop it. I haven't sworn because I feel like, you know, if Malachi listens to this, I want to be appropriate. Maybe don't let him listen to the rest of the episode. I can't yeah, no, guarantee that. Probably a good idea, Adam. Like, we'll keep this very PG-rated, but full props to, to Malachi. And uh, to be quite honest, look, Adam, fair enough. You didn't enter. 
yeah, I'm sure you had your reasons. That's fine. Whatever you, whatever you want. Uh, we don't need you. That's fine. If you could just ensure that Malachi enters any other competitions that we do, then I would be eternally grateful because I really want to see more of his work. I do want to say, though, absolute props for encouraging, supporting, clearly letting a six-year-old near all your stuff um, because that is terrifying in the first instance. But but actually, you know, nurturing it to to get to a standard like this as well, to, to nurture a kid's hobby like that where this is not what a lot of six-year-olds are doing. Um, and this is, you know, it requires an attention span that many six-year-olds do not have. Um, it's, you know, awesome effort, you know, to, to kind of foster that as well. Yeah. I really, really dig this one. I think he's done an incredible job and, he should be really proud. All right. Shall we move on? Agreed. Yes. All right. So the next entry was from Shane, uh, who has entered a an Infinity model, which is the leader for his 5 par 6 from home crew. Uh, Shane is automatically a favorite hobby homie. Because he actually entered. Because he entered. He said he was going to enter, and he did enter. Um, Fox? Look, to be fair, Shane Shane has always been the the hobby homie that you know will follow through. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Very true. Uh, No, not going to say what I was going to (laughs) say. Love it, Shane. Um, The highlights on this model are just spot on. The... uh, I love the fact that the hair is the pink aspect in this one. And I have complained numerous times on numerous episodes about how much I hate painting hair. Yet this hair just looks spot on. The highlights um, are just awesome. And the red cloak with the, with the white uh, and the gray uniform, it just, the colors for me really work. It really stood out. The pink with the red had that sort of link that yeah um, I'm, I'm trying to be more intelligent with my color conversation than I am. So let's forgive me for that. The red and the pink go together and they look good. Um, but yeah, look really, I, I've always loved Shane's painting and this is absolutely no exception to that. Uh, it all, also is that camo on the gun? Cause that's what it looks like to me. It's, yeah, look, it's gone for, uh, I'm trying to work out whether it was intentionally camo, whether it's, because uh, he's gone for a very non-metallic metal effect anyway off the back of that. And then it's, he's added the texture on there, which which gives it this kind of camo effect, which is super cool. I love it. Um, because, I mean, you, you, you here you are sneaking around a spaceship trying not to die. Last thing you want to be carrying around is a shiny-ass metal gun. It just screams, please, here I am. Shoot at me with your laser beams. Um, so choosing red, I see what you've done there, Shane, because I know you and I know Mephistum Red. Um, <laughs> True. And I see what's playing here. But, but it, it works. Absolutely. And you're right. So the, the red and the pink coming from that same kind of section just automatically tie them together. Um and give the model an overall kind of feel of, of the color scheme. And you kind of get that. I'll agree that the, the pink hair and 
shading, like finding the right color to shade that and get the right level of kind of separation so you can actually see some depth in it. You can see some shadows and some highlights while not actually changing the color of the hair and making it look like purple hair or white hair, which are basically your two options, um, is super tricky. And he's done a really good job just to tread the line and get the right level of shading to give it the depth it needs without changing the color. Super dig it. Um, I actually really dig the the highlights on the red mm-hmm. the cloak, especially the kind of most of the upper bits where it kind of goes that little bit orangey and you can see some kind of texture throughout it as well. Super cool. And then to keep the white highlights, they, like they pop out super groovy, but to keep the rest of the model relatively neutral, so your blacks, your greys, and there's not really a lot of colour, so it's not even like it's a real bluey grey or a greeny grey or anything. It's pretty kind of neutral, just like you see the red and the rest of the model you can read. You can see those kind of white highlights. You can see that kind of thing, but it gives a real feel. It doesn't take away from the model. You're not trying to sort of throw in a whole bunch of rainbow colors to balance it out. Um, I love painting like infinity models are actually super fun to paint just because there is the detail. There is the crispness, there is the cleanness, but what that's let him do is things like the, the effect on the gun and that kind of, Yes, there's that kind of camo effect down the the barrel of it, but there's still these really clear reflection points or kind of where the the edge highlights are hitting and all that kind of jam as well. So I really dig it. And the other thing that's super hard to do is paint black. And he's hit a really good balance between highlighting black um, and not making... Or keeping it looking black because often it, that means it looks grey or it looks blue or it looks any one of one of these other colours. But he's given it enough that you can see the highlights in the in the black, especially on her legs and around her knee. Um, but it still looks like a black pair of pants. It doesn't look like a grey or a blue or whatever. Um, super cool. And then just, it really does. Yeah. I also just random you know spot colour. Just a little bit of oxide on the base. Just there's this one little yes. spot where it's just <laughs> I noticed that. Like, yeah. Here's the rusty bit. Dig it. Um it's just something else to draw you like again you start noticing that there's other stuff happening around her. I, I also really dig the fact that he's clearly taken that photo on a piece of terrain or something, so it's actually given us an action shot, a little bit of a kind of real life. And the same again, he's he paints red well. Because looking at the back of the shoulder and the cape and everything, where it's just highlights are just bang on. It's just smooth. Everything is there. The shadows are in the right spot. It's like you've done this before. I think we've talked about Infinity before. And, I mean, you've played briefly. Yeah. I've talked about how I've never been, I've never found an Infinity model that I really dig. Mm-hmm. But looking at this one, I really like this model. Like, if it's, I'm not sure if it's the model itself or if it's just what Shane's done to it. It, it's a really cool piece. Yep. It's an action pose. She looks like she's the leader of a gang. Yep. Yep. Buys in. Actually, like, I know we've said the white pops, but to throw white and to get it reading white and to get it clear and crisp over any other color actually takes some effort because it's not necessarily an easy thing to cover with. Um, 
and it's just it's just super crisp. It's just super clean. It's just there. It's your happy days. Um, yeah, dig the model choice. Definitely think, yeah, agree. It looks like the leader of, you know, and it's kind of got that kind of almost firefly kind of feel to it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. The the trench coat type thing. Yeah, no. Nah. Really dig it. Really, really like it. Uh, moving on, Lachlan is the next entry, and he has done an Emperor's Children uh, model. Now, I am very disappointed that this is the only Emperor's Children entry that we got, because they are by far my favourite of the Chaos Chapters. If it's only one Emperor's Children model, is it an Emperor's Child? Well, that's literally what I've got written down here. And then I, I read that in my head before I said it. And I'm like, that that seems silly. Yeah, no, I wrote down Emperor's Child. Yeah. 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 That's what I've done. Emperor's Children, the coolest. Um, you know, with the Sound Marines. I love Sound Marines. Noise Marines. Like, as you can tell from our episodes on black crusade that i've been mm-hmm. playing one uh but this model it's just it's really simple and really well done yep. it's got this sort of perfect blend between the purple pink mm-hmm. and the the highlighting on this model was just incredible even like on the armor on the face uh but there's highlighting on the number on the shoulder pad which i just dig like the if it was me, that would be a yellow three, not a yellow with like shading on the three. Um, the weathering on the the shoulder as well, in particular, I noticed, and the the eagle on the chest, like that's that's got to be hand painted because I don't think that's on the model. I could be mistaken, but just it's a simple model. Like the pose and the, you know, even the base is just, it's a simple effect, but it's done so well. It just pops. Uh, even Like the dirt coming off the model, of the base of the model, onto the feet. But for me, what really stuck out was, was the weathering. The white line down the shoulder pads are not white lines. They're chipped and, and scratched and all sorts of details on this model that I could not begin to think about doing. And the eyes with the green just really make them stand out. I was really impressed with this one. Yeah. Stop stealing my notes, firstly. Um, oh, sorry. Second- <laughs> I'll just stop talking in general, shall I? I mean, do us all a favour, but um, no, look, I, I yes, is the, the long story short. So notes, notes, things I had is that, the difference between there's this kind of really smooth gradient of this kind of bluey purple right through to the, the pink highlights um, that you can kind of see. But then over the top of that is this textured element where you can see some scratches some dings some dints and all this kind of jazz. Um, yes, there is some edge highlights, but what I love about this, because the thing that frustrates me with edge highlights is when they're everywhere and they're mm-hmm. all the same and they're all the same weight and the same strength and the same intensity. And it doesn't make sense. Um, they're just in the right spots and they're the right strength and the right weight. And they don't necessarily look like you've just done edge highlights everywhere. Um, 
it's a place that would catch light and reflect because it's an edge. So he's just hit all the right points in that, in that regard. Um, the fact that you have got all this kind of textural little nooks and crannies and dings and bumps and all that kind of stuff that just creates this level of interest on what would be otherwise really boring ass marine armor because it's marine armor. It's just like a big flat space. Um, I, I really like the kind of 30 K aesthetic with the little rivets and the silver, um, which again, just creates this real point of hard definition between armor panels and that kind of jazz, which is super cool. Um, but you're right, this this shines when you start talking about the fact that there is uh, an eagle on that chest. And I'm not sure whether it's decal or freehand. I'm pretty sure it's not on the model. Um, and then over that, you've got this chipping that's happened to it to make it like look like part of the armor. Because regardless of whether it's a decal or freehand, a lot of it looks freshly painted on like you've walked out of the the bloody you know nail salon um and the same with the arm you've got these white stripes down the arm and they've just got the right amount of like they look like it was painted on and then he went to battle Mm -hmm. and it just it just fits the rest of the model so well um and it creates this real sense of you know space and time you can see when he got his armor, what his armor looked like then, what's happened since and where he's at now. The other one I really dig, and I'm pretty sure this is freehand, is the little kind of lines, the white mascara lines under his eyes. That was going to be my next point. Absolutely. Like I, I've never, I mean, I don't, don't spend an awful lot of time looking at 40 K armies, but I've never seen anyone do that. It's, and it just, it makes it pop. It really, it stands yeah. out. i got to stop saying pop. The green of the lenses was inspired. Like that is just the correct color choice um, to, to really make those lenses stand out. That was 100% bang on. But then to throw, so you've kind of got this real black line and then you've got this white kind of mascara bottom line on it. I'm going to call it mascara because they're Emperor's children. They would appreciate that. Yes. Um, even then, it's crisp when it should be. So you've kind of got the line and then you've got the little kind of extra accent off it, which is, it looks like a square finish. And that would have been really hard to pull off to make that look like a square line and not just like it trailed off with a little kind of, you know, brush stroke kind of deal. But as well, there's a little bit of chipping in there. There's a little bit of imperfection where, where something's been hit with, you know, some shrapnel or something. I don't know. It's, again, not an afterthought that's added to the model and looks fresh. It's added, it's blended in, it's it's got all the, the right character at the right time. The fact that he's got a little bit of scratch on the, the leather, um, little bags around his belt, you know, it's just, it is really, really simple model, simple space, simple pose, simple color scheme, but just turned up to 11. Um, in all the right ways. And he's an emperor's child for children. He's an emperor's dude. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well played. All right. Last official entry we had was Robert's Undead Knight. Now, this model 
he'd posted up a couple of progress picks earlier on in the piece, and I just something about this model just really grabbed me. I love the the pose. I love the the story that this model is saying. Uh, the the way that he's done it so that the flames underneath the horse look spot on to me. The ribs on the horse sort of poking through what's left of the skin. You can see the ribs. You can see the, the difference in the skin that he's painted on. I love the hourglass and I love the blue, but to me, I'm not too sure. Like This is me, just me reading too much in, but it looked to me like the hourglass was on the wrong way. Like it looks like this sand should be the other way around, but that's just me. Uh, and it's in no way a criticism of the effort that he's done here. But the, the cloak itself with the shading of the pink and then recreating that on the sword. I just, I really dig this model. I really dig what he's done. It's, sort of you know it's a darker style for the pink like it, the pink's almost it's not quite going to a purple it's more going to a, almost a black at the end but still keeps that pink aspect and the the other thing i couldn't quite work out because i don't know the model that well is that a skull or a mask or a bit of both because it just looks incredible it looks like Looks like it could be a skull, but at the same time, it looks like it's. Um... It's. I'm pretty sure it's helmet. Yep. Like, and the 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 kind of wings are adjoined to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's probably skull in there, but no, I'm pretty sure it's metal. It's 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 helmet. It's kind of an ethereal I like, face. I really it's... like this model. I really like what he's done with it. He's taken the the pink of the you know we said paint it pink, and he's he's put that in, but the all the colors work really well for me. The, the black, the blacky blue of the, the horse over the bones and it's the white bones too. It's that, it's that color bone that I really struggled for a long time to be able to paint when most of my bones were like that creamy, yellow, creamy, yeah. beigey kind of. Yeah. I'm yeah. I really like this model when I, when he started putting progress shots up, and once once it's done, I I really like it even more. Yeah. Even the like the sword as well, just that, sort of has that hint of blue. Yeah, on it, which just, I, yeah grabs me. Because I mean, you look at that model, and the easy out is you paint the fire pink. And yes. you just paint the rest of the model normally and success. Um, so I feel like he hasn't taken the easy out here at all, um, which I really, really appreciate. Um, and the fact that you have still got this kind of orangey yellow fire, um, just adding an extra, an extra textural element to it. I, I really dig, but the, the pink element, which is that kind of mauvey purple to black through to the, the, kind of brighter pink that he's done, which is super smooth mm. over the length of that cloak. And then he's gone through and added the extra highlights and the kind of edges and the, the, you know, really kind of high areas that you can see. 
super cool. Um, just creates again, that, that real kind of ghostly feel. Um, like it feels like one of the physical material bits in parts. And then it feels like this real wispy ghosty kind of, I don't know, is it, is it real? Is it not kind of feel, which I really dig replicating that on the sword was, I again, would not have thought of. And I think that's inspired. Um, and the piece that gets me is that real hard edge kind of highlight. He's got up the center of the blade mm. that's almost white, um, but goes through and calls out that real kind of, yeah, bluey, purpley, mauvey color all the way through to the pink tip. Um, it just, it, it makes it seem like an important part of the model. Like, yeah, cool. He's, he's waving a sword around. He's kind of looked like an undead William Wallace, but it, it's, it's all of a sudden it's got the sword has importance. It's not just a symbol. It's like this thing can actually do some damage. It's important. Um, the fact that the horse is yet yeah, this really kind of muted bluey gray, the bone is there. It's this really kind of nice bleached white bone. There's all these different colors in there that the, the horns are kind of a, a bronzier, brownier one. The metal has this kind of bluey gray tinge to it. Like it just, it means that everything's there, but then the the bits that you want to grab attention, that, that cloak, the bit that is kind of that ethereal section of the model, the sword, the, the flames, the horse just supports. It just kind of lets the rest of the model um, lift and it just does the right amount of not grabbing attention but being super cool when you start looking at it and you can see the ribs under the skin. Um, you know, it, that kind of coolness I'm, I'm i'm trying to get your point around the the hourglass yeah I'm, i don't know if it's just me um i'm trying to work out if you're on a horse how gravity would work because and it might just be that i mean i can't really oh i can zoom on it here um but from the from the picture at least it looks like the blue is coming up on the right hand side Whereas my th- my dumb brain thinks that maybe it should be coming down from the left. Uh, okay, see so we are. I mean, suppose the other issue that we're dealing with here is the fact that the horse is rearing. Yeah, no, which true. changes the angles of everything. Um, so also, I, knew, I knew that I would mention this because I knew that you would give me reasons. Yes. Um, yeah, so all the angles change because the horse is rearing. But also, this guy is just riding the winds of fucking magic. So his hourglass could go any fucking way. I don't know. Um, or it might be like my hourglass and not actually work at all. That's why your blood bowl timer never runs out. Anyway, <laughs> um, I actually really like the the hourglass just from the fact that he's gone blue with that, which kind of references yeah. that kind of dark emoji purple. But different enough and it doesn't again it's not highlighted to the same level so it doesn't take away you're still looking at the sword it's just one of those kind of little moments that you find um you know like the the green on the base as well that he's added um again it it doesn't draw your attention you don't really you know it's not the thing that you focus on but it's just a nice little happy find that you you come to so again it's just it's not the approach i've take i would take which i love just seeing different um, kind of 
thoughts and ways to do different things. The fact that it's not the easy out, the fact that you've then just gone, I'm not just going to have the pink, but I'm actually going to make a feature of it. It's not just one thing, but it's actually kind of a, a common theme across the model. Now you've got the cloak and the sword. Um, and then just to hit the right balance of darkness um, and this kind of, you know, dark, scary, grim kind of horse model metals with these super kind of bright elements of the, the the pink on the cloak, the flames on the horse, that kind of thing. It just, it hits the right balance. I, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's a common theme throughout throughout the competition. Every one of these entries, I just really love what people have done here. And it makes me insanely jealous that they have this sort of skill. Uh, but just thank you, everyone, for your entries, and thank you for for gracing us with with these incredible models. Um, we did have one final picture uploaded from Dave, uh, who was, as he said, a little bit late, uh, but he wanted to put up a picture of how far he'd gotten with his, which is a, a Malifaux showgirl. Now, I love this model. I love the color scheme that he's got with this. It's got purple in there as well, which I think I've said already is, is a win for me as well. But the line works really crisp. The color, it just, it tells a story and it looks really cool. And I really can't wait. Show, send us pictures, Dave, when you finish, because I really can't wait to see what she looks like finished. Now, you know a little bit about Malifaux, Jace. Just a touch, yeah. This particular model, mm -hmm. is that tentacles coming out from underneath the skirt? I don't believe so, no. no um, so the showgirls, and I've just lost the model, damn it. Um, there it is. Be very cool. No, it's... <laughs> no, the, the showgirls, they are legitimately just showgirls. Okay, Sorry cool. to disappoint. It's probably ruffles or petticoat or some, some no, shit. Fair enough. Um, because they're not, not never born, so like it no. makes sense that it's not tentacles, but yeah, they're, they're magic-y. Um, it could be, it could be something. Um, yeah, that would be a little bit octopus though. I don't. Anyway, um, I I really like the color scheme on this one, and I like the fact that it ties into the 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 kind of you know the the base is done, which is that kind of worn kind of would affect but it, it gives it's kind of early film feel like that kind of sepia tone on the base mm -hmm. and i feel like all of the model what it really does really really well is hit a a really natural color scheme well it's still vibrant it still pops it's still you know all those things but it kind of you believe that this would be a color that would be around in what is basically a victorian steam you know it's that steampunky era so it's that victorian english kind of place it's plausible, but it's still bright enough to be interesting and it's got, you know, the different layers and everything. But that pink is not a uh, super bright neon over the top pink. Because um, that wouldn't that wouldn't suit. It wouldn't look realistic. Like it might look cool, but it wouldn't look. But this actually hits in the same way that the skin tone is this really kind of pale alabaster. You can see that this is where they would take the makeup to because that would be the, you know, 
the desired look at the time. So I feel like it's hitting all the right points in just its placement. It, it hits this really, and the Malifaux models aren't big. So they can be a bit challenging to paint, but I feel like what he's at least starting with is this really kind of accurate replication of the era in which the, the model would be in. Um, and I think it's super cool. Like it, it looks like a showgirl that would be on a stage back in those times. And uh, yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again and I'll repeat it ad infinitum. I hate hair and that even that curl that he's managed to paint on, on the face is just oh. That ain't a big face either. That's no. a little bitty face. So good. Yeah, please, 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 Dave, send us pics when you're done because really interested in seeing how she finishes up. Yep, super cool. And that is it. So shall we call it a night there? Done. All right, cool. Thanks very much for listening. Um, no, I think we're forgetting something, are we? Oh, we've got to do, you know, events and stuff. Is that oh, yeah, the, the events, that's it. Well, we're not uh, running one, so that's pretty much in that <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, we, like I said, we appreciate everybody's input. Everybody has done such a bang-up, fantastic job. Um uh, I'd like to give a last place prize to the Blood Bowl Ogres because I think they were easily the worst ones here. Really, really impressed. Thank you very much for joining us on this little adventure. We do have a couple of prizes and they were graciously donated by Jace. So we will... We struggled a bit to find this is not necessarily the best, but the the most worthy. Does that make sense? If we'll, I'm, struggling, I mean... I'm struggling to <laughs> word it properly because um, like we wanted to see pink used well. We wanted to see it yes. in different ways. And that was always the um, focus of this paint competition. What we got were 10 incredibly painted submissions uh so we've got a couple of prizes we would love to be able to give prizes to everybody but we have narrowed it down just a tad just a, just a wee bit um look and as we said that the, the, the judging criteria is loose to say the least it was basically like how do you feature pink is that cool and you jerks all did it amazingly well, um, which made it infinitely harder. So we've tried to pick out a few that just did super cool things that just we didn't either didn't expect or um, that we were just super impressed with. It just went, yeah, that that features the color, it hits the the theme, and it does something special. Um, exactly. So it's always. Hard? I don't know whether it's just for you, but just to go, all right, these are the ones we're giving prizes to. Because as you said, I would love to give prizes to everyone because I feel like everyone deserves. Mm -hmm. um, but as, I suppose... As pretty much all of these prizes have been donated by Jace, that would be a huge effort on his part. <laughs> um, yeah, and look, you, you guys don't want me rifling through the other stuff I have. It's probably not worth it. Um, so... 
hopefully, you know, everyone sort of appreciates that, the, you know, we would love to give you all prizes. I think, you know, firstly, the, we are all, oh, we're both, I, was, I will speak for both of us because I choose to. Um, but it's, it's super humbling to throw something like this up and actually have people get involved and be interested and just do like put the effort and time that, that you guys have into it. So um, we, we're going to have to keep doing things like this um, just because we love seeing what you guys are putting out. You know, we, we throw out a, a stupid idea like, Hey, throw pink on a model guys. And you guys come out with this and it's amazing. Um, so super humbling. And, and thanks again, but we do have some stuff to give people, so let's give it to people so they can go to bed. Yes, only so that we oh, can wait. go to bed. They're, they're not listening to it in real time. They don't <laughs> necessarily have to go to bed. You don't have to finish this episode and go to bed. That's not a rule. I'm sorry. We're not your mother. Um, except for you, Malachi, you probably should be going to bed right now. Uh, <laughs> no matter what the time. Um, so, yeah, we had pretty much we, we decided – after a lot of discussion that we would have three prizes plus an encouragement prize. So not necessarily as good as the other prizes, but still we wanted to give somebody something extra who just didn't quite make it into that top three for us. Uh, So for the encouragement prize, we have decided to give it to Lauren for the Age of Sigma slash Underworlds Banshee. Yeah. Super impressed. Um, so, I mean, and again, it was just that piece of going subtle, but such important differences that you've managed to, to throw in everywhere. I want to see more of them. So we wanted to encourage that. Um I'd be keen to see how unit of these suckers looks on an Age of Sigmar table or something like that. So awesome effort. Thank you yet again for entering. Um, and we will, we will fling some stuff your way. We'll get in contact. Yeah. All of these people, we will get in contact with you. We'll th- send it your way, post it out to you, and um, hopefully you've enjoyed your time with the Pinkening and you'll join us again on it's- another adventure. Um, and then you, you looked like you were about to say something. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> this is usual. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I had that moment where I'm like, what's the past tense of pink? Is it punk? <laughs> is it pink? Yeah, possibly. I, to be continued. Um, <laughs> let, let's get back to the point of giving people stuff. Okay. All right. So next prize. Um, I don't know if you want to call it third place. I think we just call it prize number one. Uh, we want to give to Lachlan for the Emperor's child yes. model. The, gi- the children? <laughs> the children. Yes. The Emperor's... Grogu. <laughs> the, like we said, the, the, if this was me, those lines would be attempted to be nice and crisp and all the rest of it. Um, but the weathering, the shading, the highlighting on this piece just really blew me away. And, it, you know, it was bits and pieces here and there. And then 
you know, as soon as I noticed that 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 three on his shoulder was had shadows on it, and then the, the the more you look at that model, the the more stuff that you can see that he's done. Yeah, it is one of those. You just it's like a Wes Wally. You just keep looking and finding other little bits. It's crazy. Um, so awesome. Awesome effort. I super dig it. I hope there's more of them. I, I'd, again, like to see squad shots or army shots or something. Tell me that yeah. that is floating around a, a tournament somewhere. Um, oh, God, it would have to win, like, first place painting because, like, if you went to that much effort on your on whole dude. army, yeah, like, that would be an insane amount of work. That is crazy good. Anyhow. Yeah. Um. Next prize, prize number two, second place, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we... I'm going to call it Deborah. All right. The Deborah prize. And this is now going to be a thing ongoing in all competitions that we do. There will be a Deborah. Uh, but the winner of the inaugural Deborah is Joel for his Goliath Ganger. I think I've just broken Jay's. Um, that that pink lighting effect, the crisp, simple but so effective design of the the model itself, uh, really really impressive. And it was it was the model that had for me at least it had the most unusual or unexpected use of pink. Really quickly, the short form of Deborah. Deb? Or Debbie? Does this mean we're giving him Debbie's pink bit? Does this make Joel Dallas? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, um, we Joel. We sorry, we, and that's what we, broke me. I'm sorry. That's how my brain works. <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, Joel, piece- we are going to send you a prize, and we want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, oh do, my God, do it. No, um, um, no, you're the, the one who came up with this. I know, but that that's, uh, I shouldn't be encouraged. You know this. Um, <laughs> The piece, we talked about Lachlan's piece and the kind of the technicality and the kind of, you know, pieces you keep seeing as you see it. I think the, the the thing that got me with Joel's was just, it wasn't just, yes, it was just a model painted on a base. Absolutely. Literally, that is what is there. But what That's you what see we is, asked for. That models. is, what you see when you look at it is so much more. There is this real sense of this model or this character exists inside a world and we're actually seeing inside that world and using the pink in this instance as the lighting effect to start creating a sense of atmosphere was uh, just a really cool idea. Um, I'm so glad you, you did. I'm so glad you took the approach you did to actually paint the model basically straight and then add it as an after effect. Um, yeah, really, really, really cool. Um, and just a different look at the whole concept to everyone else. So yeah, that's really cool idea. Really well executed. And for that, you get Debbie. <laughs> so if number two is called Debbie or Deborah, what are we calling number one? I, 
I've just Remind, thought, it, it reminds me there's this um, the, the, the Ron Jeremy Award goes to there's a um, there's an interview where somebody has interviewed all the Marvel actors from the MCU and the question that was been asked is what's the name of Thor's hammer and so you've got all these people trying to pronounce Mjolnir mm-hmm. if that's even close to how you pronounce it and then you've got Paul Rudd, and he's just gone, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, we've been rambling on long enough. Let's let's cut to the chase. Number one, and I, I hope that there's absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind, uh, but we're going to have to give this to Alice. The... Effort that she's gone to, ignoring the fact that she's been painting less than a year, the sh- the blending between the colours, the pastels, the the effort that has gone into this model from design to finish is just it blows my mind. And like that piece where it's like, oh, I'm going to enter this competition. Here's the model I bought for the competition. People shouldn't buy things because of, I mean, we should enable their purchases because they want them for their hobby, but don't buy them because of us. Um, I'm not prepared for that level of responsibility. Um, you have a child. I have two. two. But that's not the point. That's, that's different. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, just the the level, the uh, the effort, the time, the the use, the different colours, the different take on everything, the fact that you actually put little bloody gems on the base hurts my soul in all the right places. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it was one of those pieces you know, we looked at and just went, no, this needs this needs a thing, this needs you, you have stuff. Please take out, take stuff. Um, Look, it's it was a hard call for me and from the get-go because, I mean, you... You've probably listened to a couple of our episodes. You know that Alice is a friend of the show. And, you know, she's one of our Patreons. But I just couldn't... I I made Jace make the decision, the final decision. And it was just, for me, Alice's one was just incredible. And hurts me, hurts me how good it is. And I, I don't want to put it next to one of mine. I mean, it can live at her house and, and yours can live at your house. And well, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't so even you don't, want to look you don't, at them. You don't have to put it next to yours. I don't want to um, see a picture of it on the computer when I've got my models in front of me. That's what I'm saying. So only look at pictures of it when you're not in your house? I don't know. Oh, um <laughs> No, look. I, Go back I, to Deborah. I said, I said this whole piece. It, it was just you know you start looking at the the blends not only through like value between one color, but actually bouncing through three or four colors on the wings. Like that's silly. Stop it. Um, but then it, it was just pieces like throw. It, you start throwing in colors like I wouldn't have even thought to use like the yellow on the edge highlight on the wings, which just I don't know why it works. I don't even understand that, but it was just, I would never have thought of it. And it works so bloody well. The, the fact that the model actually has so many other colors in it, but reads pink. 
I think I really loved just the absolute scale of it. Bitch is huge. Not a small model either. No, that's that's, he's he's big. Um, And it was just you know even things like the the sides of the wings. I'm just like, who even thinks of that? That is genius. Um, No, it was it was too impressive not to give things to. And I will fight anyone who tells me otherwise. I will pay to see that fight. It would be short. My fitness is not where it needs to be. Like anyway, really old and flabby, my friend. Oh, um, look again. I really want to thank everybody who has entered or even just listened to us ramble for the last God knows how much two and a half hours or whatever we're up to. Um, really appreciate everybody getting involved. I also want to thank Jace for for handing over some prizes for this. Um, hope you guys that one will be uh, happy. But I also want to say that we really want to run more of these. Better. Better than this. We want to run giveaways more often. We want to run competitions more often. Uh, we do have a Patreon set up exactly for that reason. Uh, we want the money that our Patreons give us to go into prizes and stuff that we can give back to you guys. We are not very far off the only goal that I set when I set it up, which was to be able to run competitions. Is this a bikini episode? Mankini. Yep. We'll be doing that on YouTube in the next day. We're not far off having the rougher amount that I set to be able to give away stuff pretty much every month, which would be great. Um, and the more support that, that people give us, the more we can put in and have things like this, have bigger, better prizes, run competitions, run giveaways, and just give back to you guys for putting up with our shit for X amount of hours of your life that we have effectively wasted. It it wasn't effective. Like we haven't achieved anything, but we have managed We've to waste it. it. We have. I mean, it's not our intention, but we've definitely done it. Um. So thank you. If you are, if you want to get on board and and join the Patreon, Jason will put the link in the show notes. Uh, we appreciate everything, and even if you can't join the Patreon just by listening. We, we really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully, to all those that entered, hopefully we've done your models justice because they were honestly all so incredible and it made judging very difficult. Yeah, I don't know why if we you keep want doing to this to judging. ourselves. Yeah. No. So what we can do next time is run a painting competition and then just do a random number generator. I was going to outsource the judging, but that's also good. Oh, yeah, Um, we could do that. Um, Anyway, that's it for the competition. If if is not the word, ignore that. It's late. We've been talking for long. Um, Is there anything on that you want to plug, Chase? I don't know. Um, 
I think it's actually reasonably quiet. I know now, thankfully, we are allowed kind of locally at least to do some stuff. I know um, Throw the Dice is organising a whole bunch of events, including his first year uh, champion, like store championships, um, which he's doing for a couple of different systems. I think Lord of the Rings, 40K, Infinity maybe, a few of those, um, where he basically wants to crown a store champion. Um before the scissors. After this, oh, it could be in with the shot. Um, <laughs> I also know he's put together a, a sneaky little enforcer brawl night for next or this Friday when you listen to this. Um, well, depending on when you listen to this, from, from when we record, it's this Friday. From, from when I publish this, I assume you all listen to it at the second, the instant it comes out. That's how this works, right? Um, uh, so, it, yeah. The, the the important thing for us is stuff is starting to happen again, and you can get involved and just and go, go support, play some goals, do go stuff, support the uh, the local hobby store, help them out because they are helping us out by you know, giving us just, a place to play, giving us stock that we can you know add to our piles of shame, but yeah, anything, everything they do to help us. They do it for you. Hobby. They do. They really do. Everything they do. Yeah, write that down. Um, that's it for me. Thank you very much again. Uh, if you haven't already, give us a follow on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch. I did run a uh, Twitch session the other night where I did play a bit of Aero. So if you want to see what that's about, the, the video should be up. Um, and like I said, you know, if you can and want to, uh, you can join us on Patreon and help us um, give back to you guys. Awesome. Again, thanks exactly for everyone. Everyone uh, for entering. It was amazing. Um, I, I just, I, I love being able to run these things and just seeing what you people do. It's the best. Um, we'll shut up now. You're welcome. Laters. Gotcha. Gaming. Gaming.